This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan and the CBS Sports Network. And we're counting live for the Build Four Top Studio. Boomer Size and Greg Giannotti. It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network. And wherever you are on the free Odyssey app, good Tuesday morning. Boomer has talked about how he thinks it's nuts that the Dallas Cowboys would want to fire Mike McCarthy. It's nuts that the Eagles would want to fire Nick Sirianni. It looks like they're going to have a post-game news, uh, post-game or post-season news conference, rather, with Jeffrey Lurie and Nick Sirianni today. They're going to sit together and give the Eagles fans the plan of what's going forward. So I wonder what you think. When Rex Ryan, our old buddy, he may be putting out a hot take into the world, or he may be very serious about that, when he suggests that the Bills could fire Sean McDermott after coming up short again and hire Bill Belichick to be the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. You want to talk about nuts? That would be nuts. Good morning, Boomer. How are you? Yeah, good morning, G. I mean, do you think that uh, Rex Ryan has an axe to grind with the guy that replaced him? I, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, you know, I'm not, you know, Rex didn't last very long up there in Buffalo. It didn't go very well for him. And then, of course, Sean and Brandon Bean and those guys lucked out and they were able to draft Josh Allen. Again, I always talk about stability in these franchises. And you, sometimes I think you're, you know, if you're Dallas, I mean, if you're Atlanta, and, you know, you, you went through Arthur Smith. Things didn't work out. He chose a couple quarterbacks that didn't work out for them. Uh, and you see maybe just a losing that continues in that building since they last went to the Super Bowl. That's when you fire a coach. And that's when you bring in maybe the greatest coach of all time to change the way things are being done and, and try to get along with the people that are there. When I think of Buffalo, I think a lot of what I think of when I think of the uh, Baltimore Ravens. We have this perception about the Ravens. Now, John Harbaugh has won a Super Bowl, but he hasn't won a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. They haven't been very successful with Lamar Jackson in the postseason until this year. And if you would have asked me last year, hey, boom, do you think that Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh will ever win a Super Bowl together? You know, last year at this time, I would say, you know, I'm not so sure. But once he got his contract done... Once they started to build a team around Lamar Jackson, now I'm saying the reason that they do have a very good chance of getting to the Super Bowl and winning it and having the season that they had this year was because the owner isn't doesn't overreact to things. 
know, the owner down there, Steve Bashotti, is probably the quintessential type of owner you want to work for. Somebody who stays behind the scenes. He's hired two general managers in his time. And that was Ozzie Newsom and that was Eric DaCosta. Those guys have followed a certain game plan. They've drafted certain types of players. And all they are is successful every single year. But yet, they haven't won a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. So let's fire John Harbaugh. That's the same thing that I would say about Sean McDermott up there in Buffalo. Yeah, of course, they haven't won. Of course, they got hung up with uh, Joe Burrow. They got hung up with Patrick Mahomes. And by, by the way, these guys aren't slouches. They're two of the best quarterbacks in the league. And one happens to be the best quarterback maybe of all time, depending on what, what his career ends up being in Patrick Mahomes. So I, I understand that those guys work for ESPN. I understand that they're told to have very hot takes and be opinionated. And nobody's more opinionated over there than Rex Ryan. So good for him. He's actually learned how to do this on the dark side of things. But the practical aspect of all of this is that when you go in and you hire somebody like a Bill Belichick, you know, he is basically, can he get along with Brandon Bean, who's your general manager? There's all these different relationships that you have to worry about. I'm not getting rid of Sean McDermott. I'm I'm bringing back, uh, you know, him and Josh Allen. I'm retooling the roster and fixing where I feel I feel like we need fixing. And wide receiver will be their number one spot right now up there on the offensive side of the ball. And try to get the, the really good defensive players that all got hurt this year, get them back and hopefully be healthy. And they will be right back in the mix next year. Yeah, it's an age-old thing in professional sports, even in college sports. You can't change the whole roster in one year. You can fire a head coach, and then it feels like it's a completely different team. And There's different expectations, especially when a guy like Bill Belichick is out there. I mean, I guess what Buffalo Bills fans that want Sean McDermott fired and Maggie Gray down the hole is one of them. She wants to move on. <clears throat> They're thinking to themselves, all right, how can we continue to bring back the same group that can't beat those guys. Something's got to change. That's what they think. Now, I don't think that the head coach is a thing to change. I think that you got to retool the rosters you mentioned. Steph Diggs is not the same player. They got to get more offensive weapons. They got to get more depth on defense, which is very difficult to do in the cap era because that's really what held them back was that was Gabe Davis was hurt, Steph Diggs wasn't the same, so their weapons at wide receiver were different and not as uh, lethal as they were, and the defense was hurt. And you had Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field catching passes on linebackers that probably shouldn't have been playing in the playoff game. Now, retooling the roster is going to be so much more difficult for the Buffalo Bills, I saw this yesterday in this offseason. And here's why. Cap hit for Josh Allen in 2021, $10 million. Cap hit for Josh Allen, 2022, $16 million. Cap hit for Josh Allen this past year, $18 million. Next football season, 2024, the cap hit for Josh Allen is $47 million. And the salary cap is going up, too, by the way. And then you got to draft young players. You got to get guys that, you know, like uh, Nico Collins, like a Tank Dell down in Houston, that all of a sudden figure it out. And look at the guys in Green Bay. They're going to have to pay Jordan Love. But look at the wide receivers he's playing with. They're making no money. I mean, and so it's not, you don't always need to have the Steph Diggs, the Devontae Adams, you know, all of those guys, even, even, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and Rashard Bateman and Zay Flowers are all on legitimate low end or low end contracts for who they are, what they've done because they're paying Lamar Jackson. I, I mean, you just, you know, they have to just rebuild around, 
you know, Josh Allen, they got to get him a couple more weapons, just like when they went out and got Steph Diggs for him. Initially, it was explosive. Now it's basically, you know, it's 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 hit its the end point, and they have to redo it, and they have to retool it. Uh, I, that's why I'm like, I'm not screaming and yelling about firing Sean McDermott. And I don't Maggie could say that, that she's a fan of that team and that she could have her opinion. But my my practical approach to these things is that they don't have to blow that up. They don't. I mean, they, they got the number two seed this year after that coach got that team from six and six to where they ended up. And they fired the offense coordinator. Joe Brady, the new offense coordinator, came in there and he straightened things out. They started running the ball more. Josh didn't turn the ball over quite as much. And you know what? I, to me, given where they were as a team and how beat up they were, you know, the fact that they made it that far was really a miracle when you think about it. And the coach deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, yeah, for that. Yes and no, but this was also a team that was underachieving. Now they did have that part in the middle of the season where they had to go to London and the schedule screwed them up, and that definitely was a circumstance. But you know, that team was supposed to be where they were at the end of the season. They were supposed to be that number two seed. Josh Allen was supposed to be in the MVP conversation. So when they weren't playing that that well and they were six and six and things were looking terrible for them, I mean that was that was a big problem. So the fact that they finally got it wasn't a miracle that they got there. They just took a different route. I mean, it was a miracle that the Houston Texans made it to the divisional round. Certainly wasn't a miracle as the Bills did. I just I just can't, you know, fathom teams that have you know, really good years, teams that get to the playoffs, teams that end up suffering key injuries to so many different players, and yet they're still there on divisional weekend. And the game is a great game, and it comes down to a missed field goal from keeping the game being tied. I'm like, now you want to fire the coach? I mean, the general manager and the coach work really well together up there in Buffalo. You know, I don't know all the machination. I don't know why a Buffalo fan would want their guy coach. I, I mean, fired, I guess. You know, Bill Belichick's out there and, and Rex Ryan's talking about it. I, I just, I, I don't get it. You know, I just, you know, and a lot of these, uh, and I always tell you that the most important relationship is the quarterback and the head coach. And Josh Allen seems to really like uh, Sean McDermott. And I, I'm, I'm not breaking that up. I mean, why would I? I mean, that that's what I'm, that's what every team is striving for. And there's probably about, you know, seven or eight teams that have that relationship. And most of the teams that make it this deep into the playoffs, that's coach and that quarterback have that relationship. And Harbaugh and Lamar have it. Campbell and Goff have it. Uh, Purdy and Shanahan have it. You know, and of course, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have it. And so does, so does Sean McDermott and Josh Allen. So these people can scream and yell all they want. I don't think they really truly understand how hard it is to coach an NFL football team. It's it's impossible. You had a million different decisions going on, a million things happening around you. You have guys shiving you in the back. You got yeah. fans screaming at you. You got social media exploding. You got the media just screaming and yelling that, you know, you need to change, you need to change, you need to change. Instead of recognizing what you have, what you have is you got a damn good set of uh, a starting point again now for the 2024 season. I mean, there were there were Bengal fans early on in Zach Taylor's start there, where like we got to get rid of him. You know, Joe Burrow got hurt. They they didn't play well, and now here we are four or five years later. And not only did Joe Burrow get hurt again, but Zach Taylor got Jake Browning to a certain level and kept them in the running all the way through the season with a backup quarterback that nobody had ever heard of. That tells me that they got the right coach, they got the right relationship there, and they're going to be good again next year, assuming that Joe Burrow stays healthy.
I mean, I, everybody's so quick to start screaming, fire this guy, fire that guy. And I guess this has a lot to do with the DeMar Hamlin fake punt. You know, that really didn't come back to hurt them because this is the, the, the next series for Kansas City is when McCall Hardman fumbled the ball out of the end zone. Now, when you think about Kent, they should have won that game kind of hands down because they didn't really have the ball on offense. They were efficient, explosive, and did, um, I, I couldn't believe, like 43 plays, 27 points, only four third downs. <laughs> that, that was an explosive offensive performance by Kansas City. Yeah, and I, I also think that um, in the immediate aftermath of a loss like that, you just start, you, you're, there's anger. Yes. And, and, and I think eventually when you get through and you get over that anger and you think, all right, maybe closer than you thought, and then this offseason you do this, you do that, hopefully the draft is a good draft, and you calm down. So I do think in the days right after, you're angry. And you want to blame somebody, and you want to see heads roll. But then a few days later, you go, okay, you know, we could be this terrible franchise or that terrible franchise. We could be the Jets, for God's sakes. I mean, and look, that we're, we got a, a great top-end A-caliber uh, quarterback, and, and as long as we have him, we're going to be okay. Now, he talked about Belichick a lot. I don't know if it's a lock that he is going to get a job this hiring cycle because reports yesterday that Arthur Blank does want Bill Belichick, but he's getting pushback from his front office yeah, and the of people that are is. there because they because they want to save their own asses. It, it, exactly. So that was something that was sort of obvious that it would happen. But you know, does Arthur Blank say screw it? Belichick's the man, and he's coming in here, and I'm going to give him the keys to the castle, and that's the end of it. Or is he influenced by the guys that have been in the organization for a while? And if he not, if he doesn't go there, I don't know where the hell he's going. See, he, if I were Arthur Blank, I'm looking at my team and saying, you know, we've tried this. And things are not working. And the same guys have been here. And for some reason, this is not working and we are not winning. That That's that's legit. That That is a legit thing. And there are other teams like the Titans felt like, okay, Mike Vrabel got stale there. They, they're going to hire Brian Callahan, the offense coordinator for the Bengals, uh, who's 39 years old, who's been you know through the ringer as a coach, has been around, he's been successful. He was a part of the Broncos Super Bowl 50 team. So, so now they have him. So now we have basically one, two, three, four, five teams still open. The Panthers, Chargers, Falcons, Commanders, Seahawks. And I guess we also have the, yeah, that's five teams left open still. I mean, so there's still plenty of time for these guys to make their decisions. But the Bills don't belong on that list. Uh, yeah, and, and they are not on that list right now. And it would be, it still would be shocking. But so if Belichick, if let's say Arthur Blank says, okay, I'm not going to blow this building up by bringing in Bill Belichick, and even though I want to, I'm just going to listen to the guys that were here. Let's say he decides to go that route, even though we don't agree with it. Where else is Bill Belichick going? I don't think he's going to the Chargers. I still think that that is where Jim Harbaugh is going to end up, and it's not going to be the Commanders. We know that. Is it going to be the Seahawks? It's not right. going to be the Panthers. We know that. Right. I, I'd be like, you know... I was telling Frank last year, Frank Reich at this time, I said, you know, what, what's wrong with taking a year off? I mean, what, why, why do we have to go jumping you know, yeah. head first back into something? Especially Doug Peterson took a year off, right? Right, especially with what was going on down there in, uh, you know, down there in Carolina. You know, the interesting thing is who knows what the Giants and the Jets are going to look like next year? Who knows? I mean, yeah. I have no, I, I mean, I can't sit here and tell you that, I know the Jets are going to be winning 10 games or the Giants are going to be winning 10 games. I uh, mean, we know better by now. Right? I, I, but again, those jobs may be open this time next year. You never know. Yeah, and taking a year off when you're in your 70s is different than taking a year off when you're in yeah, your 50s. But you know what? He'll, 
if he doesn't if he doesn't get the Atlanta job, there there'll be five or six jobs open next year. There'll be you know it, it could include a New York team. I, I don't ever see him coming to the Jets. I'm not so sure that he would would want that, but uh, I could definitely see him coming to the Giants if the Giants don't go and you know turn this whole thing around. I mean they've been here for three years now. I mean, isn't it amazing that Bill Belichick is out there and available? You don't have to trade for him. He is a free agent head coach, and he might not get hired during this hiring cycle. That, to me, is is nuts. I think of Arthur Blank as a successful businessman, first and foremost. And probably some of uh, his success is tied to a level of patience. You know, of just kind of like, okay, let's not overreact. Let's got... Uh, let's got Let's not dive into the pool head first right away. Let's go through all of our interviews. Let's see if there's somebody out there that we like better. And again, I do believe that there is some internal, I want to say strife, but internal people fighting back. Yeah, a little you know, internal pushback. You know, and I don't know what they would have a leg. I don't necessarily know they have a leg to stand on other than maybe some of the athletes that they've drafted down there. You know what I mean? Like they do have a good young team. They have some really explosive young Young players, and that's that's a good thing. That's a good thing that they've done. I don't know what the building is really like. I don't. You know, once lo- once losing starts permeating a building, it's almost impossible to turn it around until you get that right quarterback coach combination that can drag that franchise out of the malaise. You think if because we have a program director's job that's open now, do you think if like rumors were out there that a a big-time radio executive that we knew of in the past was rumored to get the job, that there'd be internal pushback here. Depends they, on what kind of relationship you guys have. With them. I, have I don't have a relationship with any of these people. I like, think there's somebody out there, and then we all get together, and we're like, no, like what the Falcons are doing. I've officially thrown my name into the ring for consideration. Right, okay, okay, all right. You know, we all, we all like, no, 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 we can't let this happen. Internal pushback. Like, I, I mean, if the owner wants to hire somebody, the owner wants to hire somebody. I mean, it's Bill Belichick, for God's sakes. It's not some guy who's never coached before. It's the Falcons do all the time. They hire first-time head coaches. They all do. the time. You know, that, that's the other scary thing is that there are teams like the Jets that like to give head coaching jobs to novice head coaches, to guys that have never been head coaches before. You know, the last guy that they gave a job to that had real head Parcells. coaching was Bill Parcells. Yep. I mean, Herm Edwards didn't have it. No. Nope. Al Gro didn't have it. Mangini. Mangini didn't have it. Right. Sala didn't have it. That's right. Todd, Todd Bowles, Bowles didn't, didn't have it. it. Adam Gase did. Adam Gase, that's right. Adam Gase did. But that lasted, what, two years? Yeah. Oh. That, was, that was a rough two but years. That, that, I blame that on Peyton Manning. That's, that's his fault. That's his fault. <laughs> All right, Boomer you know, and Gio. You, you know that. On the fan and CBS Sports Network, just getting started. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Jerry's sick again. Jerry's sick again? What? I think so. What are you talking about? I just saw him in the hallway coming from the uh, commissary. I woke up with a headache. I grabbed that He didn't have anything in his hands. I'm like, where are you coming from? He goes, I want to go to the uh, 
to the medical kit to go get some uh, Advil because I have a headache. And I'm like, uh-oh. Actually, it's not even that bad. Here we go again. But when I usually feel the start of one, it does. It never goes away on its own. Let me just knock it out real quick. Yeah, I don't think a headache is a sign of illness impending. I think you get headaches. That's what happens. Barometer changes, weather's warming up, stuff like that. 365 days in the year. How many headaches do you think you've had? Not brought on by a little bit too much, uh, you know. Alcohol? Yeah. Uh, I would say. Normal headache day. I I would say I probably have between 50 and 100. Really? I would say absolutely. you're, You're reaching for the Advil? Absolutely. How about you, Al? I tend to get them on one of the weekend mornings almost every weekend. Well, that's because you probably drink too much on the, uh, the night before. He really doesn't, though. A beer. Legitimately, <laughs> a beer will do. Be a, that is now too, too much, much for, for Al, yeah. Yeah. Al, uh, Eddie, are you a big uh, headache guy? Uh, unless I overindulge, no. Yeah, neither am I. Yeah, I've been a big headache guy for a long time. I cannot, like, I can't just wake up and then all of a sudden have a headache, which seems like what's happening to you, Jerry. What? <laughs> You need to go to I, Princeton I, Longevity. This, I did. I was the first one to go, actually. Yeah, go back. Right. I don't need to go back. I just went uh, 15 months ago. I'm good. Actually came out really good. Really? Yeah. He did. Yeah, but you got headaches. You're sick all the time. I do get headaches, and I have gotten sick. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a human in the Northeast during the winter. All of us go through it. <laughs> Last time I checked, you also got sick about a month ago, and you also, you know... We're pooping yourself in Arizona last year. I mean, it's, you've not, you're not immune to this either. Yeah, I didn't have a poop problem, though. No, you did no, because they were was, lunching all over the room and you missed a show. I was, I was, it was the other, the other end. Oh, okay. That end. All right, well, whatever. I had the norovirus. Like, you missed a which show. Which you probably gave In Phoenix. Me. I did not even get it last year. <laughs> he didn't get it. I, I got was it. good. But he didn't get it. You got it first from somewhere, somehow. I don't know. You all, were... I, all I know is that you were walking and you have a headache today. Yeah, I, I did have a slight headache. All right, okay. Uh, by the way. I'm worried about you. I'm no, I'm no, okay. good. Yes, I am. You wanted to see him dead. <laughs> That's not true. I want to see him dead. I said if he would have died <laughs> playing golf with his kids, yeah. that would have been an epic story. We would have remembered you forever. Uh, I have my CBS Sports Super Bowl 58 bomber jacket on today that I got in the mail. That's a little CBS Sports gift. It's really cool looking. And look at the inside there, the logo there. You can see it. That's neat. And right here on the sleeve. Anybody else get this bomber jacket? I think I ordered one. You got the bomber jacket? Al, did you get the bomber jacket? I ordered luggage. You got luggage. Eddie, did you get luggage? I think so. You got the luggage? Boomer, you you got the luggage. I probably ordered the luggage, but Harold Bryant probably stopped it from coming to me. (laughs) That does happen. Yes, and he sticks it in his drawers. Right, he sticks (laughs) it in his drawers and he keeps it. Uh, But I love this thing. Can't wait to wear this thing in Las Vegas. Perfect. I need a new jacket, too. 60-degree weather out there, too. Uh, all right, Jerry, what's going on, man? We should be so lucky. All right, we're brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. A um, little different. We start with the NBA this morning. Korkmaz with Joel out top. Korkmaz with a dribble. Embiid screens. Keldon Johnson and Osman on Furkan. Tobias with it. Now Joel, the left of the key. Three to shoot. Three-point shot by Embiid. Got it! 
It's good. 59 points for Embiid. And that was Sixers Radio with the call. And that was in the third quarter. He would play parts of the fourth and score 70. Sixers beat the Spurs 133-123. His line 24 of 41 from the field, 21 of 23 from the free throw line. He only made that one three-pointer. So most of it uh, was from the interior and mid-range. Here was Embiid. And he goes, he was on, but his guys fed him the ball as well. How'd he go? Uh, you know, I mentioned a few times a lot of, uh, you know, teammates are extremely unselfish and, you know, they just kept giving me the ball and uh, I just finished it. Now, Greg Popovich had a front row um, view of this, as you can imagine, watching him beat his team. No shock what he did. He's a fantastic player. Uh, you know, obviously in the running for MVP. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, well, which we know. What's amazing to me about watching him I don't know how he doesn't lose every game. He's so much bigger. I don't know. He's just, he's so skilled. So when's the injury coming? Well, you know that happens. That's, every an, that's another issue. Yes, but uh, seventy points for Embiid. Now when is the rest coming? Like, don't they take like a couple days off here? A couple games off? I know you have to play at least sixty-five games in order to win the MVP. I don't know if Embiid's one of those guys that takes a lot of rest days. I'm not sure that he's a yeah, reason. He, he rests know. when he's injured. That's when he rests because that happens every single year. Meantime, you also had this happening on the same night. Weak side rebound to Kyle Anderson. Downs rumbles down the lane to the cup. He got an easy bucket there. It's been a struggle here in the fourth as he had missed five of six shots. But now he's hit, and he's up to 62. And that's what he would finish with. That was T-Wolves Radio. Had a chance to tie this game with a very long three at the buzzer. It did not go in, and the Hornets actually beat the T-Wolves a 128-125. I'll just give you a couple of seconds. Now, you would think Chris Finch, you know, on a night where he scores 62, you're probably not thrilled you lost. But, man, my guy scored 62, and I'm sure at some point it came up. But uh, he was asked if the game got away from his team a little bit. It was an absolute disgusting performance of defense. And immature basketball um, all the way through the game. So it really didn't slip away. It- no, they didn't play well. And that's what happens. And so they wound up losing by three despite the 62. Also of note, Suns beat the Bulls 115-113. KD the go-ahead hoop with one second left. And Jason Tatum at 39. Celtics beat the Mavericks 119-110. You got- Al, can you name, on not currently on the team, two Minnesota Timberwolves in franchise history? Oh, man. One, I mean, yeah. No, 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 no. Don't be mouthing them stuff. Kevin something. Oh, Kevin something. Yeah, that's what's <laughs> coming to mind. Oh, man. Oh, oh Kevin Garnett's coming oh, to mind. Oh, my God. Boomer. And who was his, like, partner early on, his guard? Kevin Garnett's partner? Right. Or was that before, way before him? You know what I'm thinking about. Yes, but there's also a guy in here that we talk about all, all the time. All the time. All the time. And he's very very boring. Oh, Wally's there. There you go. go. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. Uh, So you got Nets Knicks tonight. That'll be in Brooklyn. We will have that for you right here on The Fan. Oh, Wally's there. I know that name. Oh, God. Uh, we had the t- <laughs> the four teams that lost this weekend did uh, meet the media Monday in the NFL. Um, D'Amico Ryan says he looks forward to C.J. Stroud. How about the build in year one? It's encouraging when you have a young guy who's able to grow, not only as the entire season, but to see him grow and take the coaching points and grow from week to week. And week to week and win a lot of games. 4,100 yards passing, man. That's 
That's amazing for a rookie. And the 23 to 5. I know. That's touchdown to interception. Man. Yep. And uh, it wasn't sacked that much. He ran the ball a little bit, not a lot. He plays the position the way the position is supposed to be played. But I will say that they, they have a young group of guys, Tank Dell and Nico Collins. Tank will be back next year. And they, I think, are $70 million under the salary cap. So they can sign some guys to extensions, and they can also bring in some free agents. Remember yesterday you were talking about Todd Bowles, the timeout, the non-timeout, why did you use it? All right, so he was asked that yesterday as they were pretty much wrapping things up for the year. Here was his answer. It's not a gentleman's agreement. They were in field goal range. We would have had 12 seconds calculated after using that timeout to come back from it. Then we would have been down 11 points. It's kind of pointless. You kind of know when the game is over, and the game was over. I agree with you. You get a block and a return. Yeah, he's talking about if they make the field goal and yeah. then kick off, you get down to 12 seconds. What but about you... the other side? Like, if they miss the field goal, what, what about that, that what about if you block the field well, goal? Well, that's exactly what he said yesterday. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you got to get, I know that all of it's unlikely, but you got to give yourself a chance. And there was, they would have had 30 seconds if they called the timeout and kicked the field goal and then missed it and they would have gotten the ball back yeah. at that point. I mean, it's at least, you at least give it's yourself a, a chance. Shot. Yeah, he just, but the Lions screwed up the clock. They did too, yes. So when the Lions got the ball back, everybody thought that they would have figured it out and not screwed up the clock and would have run it out. So Todd Bowles probably on the sidelines like, they're not going to screw that up. The game's over. But they did, and no one on the sideline figured it out to call a timeout. And by the way, Dan Campbell did take, except you know, he took uh, accountability, if you will, for screwing up at the end of the game like that. And could you imagine had... Oof. They ended up losing because of that? <laughs> oh. Yes, I could, actually. I mean, but it like, didn't. Listen, we can't be meatheads here, guys. We have to be thinking. You have to think as a coach. It's great to want to rip off kneecaps. It's great to start <laughs> screaming at your team. It's great to be Todd Bowles and be very you know, laissez-faire about things. At the end of the day, you got to always be thinking. you got to always be on. And if, and if the Lions would have lost that game because they screwed up the clock at the end of the game... I can't even imagine. See, that I as, as much as I love Dan Campbell and love what he's doing and I'm rooting for him, that that is a huge mistake. A yeah. huge mistake. And luckily the guy on the other sideline was worse of a coach than him. He got away with it. He did. Exactly. Uh, just one other one. Josh Allen spoke yesterday. So obviously a very disappointing loss uh, to the Chiefs on Sunday at home. Here he was thinking forward, the team and the organization still in a good spot. You know, all signs are still pointing up with this team. I, I know... Um, it feels bleak, and there's probably going to be a lot of change, whether it's personnel, um, guys coming back, guys not playing. Again, that's all speculation. That- but it happens on every team, and yeah, you understand course. what he's saying. Yes. So we shall see. Um, Lions, Niners, Sunday NFC Championship game. Um, Zach Ertz did sign in Detroit. The Titans reportedly finalizing a deal to make Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan their next head coach. And the Panthers naming former linebacker Dan Morgan as their new GM. He has been serving as their assistant general manager. He's now, been there for like 20 years, I think. Played there. Played there yes. for eight, I think. Something like that. Working in the there, organization. there, was in the organization, and, you know, basically has been a part of the fabric of that organization. All right, once upon a time, sitting in this chair, you guys know him well. You love Peter Schwartz. He had the um, the problem with one specific um, liquor he couldn't pronounce, mm-hmm. as Eddie will play for us. Tequila. Not tequila, but... Tequila. Okay. 
This is not the same, but it's close on the uh, the Nightline podcast with Chad Ochocinco and Shannon Sharp. Chad had his tequila moment. You know, Unc has his cognac, right? Yep. Le Portier. <laughs> the day we hit a million and go live, the day we hit a million subscribers and go live, I'm going to have my first sip of, of cognac. <laughs> cognac. Now, is he doing that on purpose? No. No, he's not doing it on purpose oh, wow. at all, actually. He thought it was pronounced cognac. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you want here, I can give you this is this is the rest of it. Well, why spell C-O-G-N-A-C, though? Oh, the G silent? Yeah. Why you got me saying it wrong all this time, man? It's you. You Ocho. <laughs> Hold up. So, how you say it? Say it, say it again. Cognac. Cognac. Okay, you said cognac, but it's spelled C-O-G-N-A. Why not a Y? Because you're saying yak. Um, yeah. So it should be C O N Y A C. You're right, Ocho. He was not doing that on purpose. No, that is clear. That is clear. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, Cognac. Cognac. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I know what Pico de Goyo is. It's okay. <laughs> He's had a lot of them too. Imagine those two doing a show together oh, or a podcast the- together. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, holy cow. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Devils Golden Knights last night. The Devils trailed in the third, 5-4. to four. They got the game-tying goal from Curtis Lazar, and then in overtime. Now it's dumped ahead, picked off by Hughes. Across come the Devils. Hughes for Toffoli. He scores! <laughs> Tyler Toffoli, the hat trick. The Devils win 6-5. to five. Matt Lachlan. Did he jump out of a building after that? <laughs> Six to that is a, that's a good win for the Devils, man, <laughs> beating that team. You know, no joke. Yes, no, absolutely. It's a jumping off they point. They need to for get them. going here. Absolutely. Well, of course they do, you know, and oh. look, they're 24 and 18 and 3 right now. And, uh, you know, Vegas is a hell of a team, man. They're defending uh, Stanley Cup champs. I'm just picturing Matt Lachlan jumping out of the booth <laughs> onto the ice. Six to five. <laughs> Chico going, what? Job, well, Matty. The two of them on Devils Radio 6-5 was the final score. You got the Islanders home for Las Vegas tonight. The Rangers are in San Jose against the Sharks. Araldus Chapman, boy, where has his career gone? He goes to the Pirates. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ten and a half million. Good for him. He's and, a trade target. You know that. And Hofstra beat Stony Brook last night, 80-74. to 74. All right, thanks, Jerry. Quickly, uh, Kieran and Dix Hills has advice for me. What's going on, Kieran? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, hey, Gio, so yesterday you were talking about you had to go to the DMV to take an eye test. Yeah, because they're going to suspend my license, apparently, yes. Yeah, I had the same issue. So yesterday I went online to renew my license. I'm going through to put my stuff in, and it says I need an eye test. So my crap. So I... Googled a little bit more, and you can take the test right online. If you Google New York license eye test, um, you get a... And you give somebody a social security number and then send them $600? No, no, it's 49 bucks. Okay. And an ophthalmologist comes right onto your screen, shows you three screens, you read the letters, and he says, okay, you pass. They send you an email. He he already sent the link to the uh, DMV. You click the link in the email, and you go to put your stuff in. You're in for to renew your license, and the eye test part doesn't even come up, and it's done in like five minutes. Okay, I will try it. New York license eye test. Google that, and I get a. Why we still have 97 year olds driving? Right, <laughs> virtual <laughs> ophthalmologist. Same 
thing. I had to do the same thing. It was, it was ridiculous. Okay, all right. No, I appreciate that, Kira. I will. Uh, I will give that a shot because there's nothing worse. Even though the DMV is a little bit better now that you make appointments, mm-hmm. it's a little bit better. They kind of figured that out since the pandemic. It's been much better. Yeah, and I go all the way out to Riverhead because there's not as many people out there going to the DMVs or like Medford and some of these other places around me, but. Uh, if I don't have to go in there, I will not go in there, just like everybody else in America. I mean, it is the worst. It is it is hell, straight living hell. I kind of feel the bad DMV. for the people that work there. Do you? I do, because I don't think it's necessarily their fault. I think it's pretty much they're understaffed, and there's so many things that go on through the DMV. Like, it's just, it's never ending. Could you imagine working there, like, for 25 years and going there the same day, the no, same no, thing? No, I mean, but everything, that's their, every, yeah, everybody's job. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah, no, but I mean, like, that that particular job. I know, all, I got it. And you're always dealing with somebody that doesn't have the right paperwork or something. Yeah. You don't have the right paperwork. <laughs> and then they get pissed off, and then you got to fight with them. Yeah. It's it's very a, stressful. Yes. It is the worst. All right, thanks, Jerry. It's Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Build Forward Top Studio. Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. I thought that this was interesting. So Ty Law went on with Dan Patrick, and he said that before Belichick got to New England, players would drink whiskey from a flask during practice that was provided by Mike Vrabel. He also said he and other teammates would drink on the way to practice, and it happened during the Parcells and Pete Carroll years. Now, I'm not naive to think that guys don't indulge here or there, but to hear that during practice, I mean, it's probably cold. That's probably why they were doing it. Like, it's freezing, and they're outside New England December. But during practice, that Vrabel's passing around a flask, and these guys are drinking whiskey during practice. That was a little surprising to me. Did stuff like that happen when you were playing? I, I don't remember anything like that happening when I was playing. I don't remember. You know, I played for three organizations. I think every time we went out to practice, everybody seemed like to be, you know, on the same page. Um, maybe this is why they fired Vrabel out of Tennessee. Maybe he had that flask in the meetings with him. <laughs> and maybe that's one of the reasons why, you know, that GM got fired down there. Wow. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know if I can make that jump, but uh, this was a long time ago when, when Vrabel was was a player. But, I mean, and I we see, like, the old pictures from years and years ago of Len Dawson smoking a cigarette on the sidelines and stuff like that, and things are different. But you're, like, you're telling me, like, in the, the late 90s, early 2000s, the guys are drinking during practice. I mean, you found out, so, like, NBA guys, like Gilbert Arenas would talk about that, or uh, Ron Artest would talk about that, where they'd just be drinking at halftime. Like, Ron Artest talked about how he would drink, I think, as Ocho Sigo would say, Cognac at <laughs> halftime and go back out there and play. Yeah, I don't, uh, listen, I know uh, other guys did other things. I know oh, they, sure. I know, I know they played on Coke and things of that nature, but yeah. um, I don't, I don't ever remember seeing it. Maybe I was blind to it. Maybe yeah. I, I, it was so foreign to me that I couldn't even imagine that being the case. I mean, but, you know, everybody's different. There's some there's some wacky dudes on every team. Yeah. I do think, too, that... As Phil Sims always tells me, he says, you know, Parcells used to say, you got to have a couple rats on your team. Yeah. Got to have a couple bad guys. A couple guys with a little red ass, you as gotta, say. You got to have a couple guys that are, you know, they're going to lay it on the line, that are going to be a little troublemaker here or there, be a little late to a meeting, kind of got to deal with it, you know. 
But when they get out on the field on Sunday, they basically do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, and I, I do think that these days you see some of these athletes and how ridiculously in shape and how much they dedicate like 24-7 to their bodies. I know some of them are having off seasons where they they go and they get fat and they come back and use training camp to get in shape. But I think now more than ever, oh boy, it's a three sixty five. Could you imagine Nick Bosa? Like a guy takes care of his body like it's a temple. Yeah, a lot of these guys. I mean, you know, a lot of these great wide receivers that they're all working three sixty five year round now. Yep. I do know that back when we did play, yeah, you'd go to the gym and everything. I used to work out. In northern Kentucky with, a, unfortunately, he's no longer with us, a former um, special teams player for the Bills back in the day. His name was Mark Pike, and he owned a gym called Better Bodies. And we would all go there and work out, you know, in the off season because mm-hmm. that would be the gym we'd go to because we didn't have the facility like these players have now. <clears throat> and, you know, that was fun. You'd go hang out with your guys. You'd go work out with those guys and everything else. But nowadays, you know, all these guys got trainers. They're all going to specific facilities for whatever they need to work on, whether it be quickness or speed, or they want to get stronger, they want to get bigger. You know, Tua spent the whole off season working on his like his legs. He wanted to get stronger. He wanted to get bigger. Um, you know, and have a better base to be able to play with. And it certainly showed itself this year as he made it through seventeen games. Yeah, absolutely. Now he's a guy that, I mean. He's under criticism against amazing. He went from an MVP season to now to this point where they fell apart. God and God. and 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 everybody will look at him and say, "Well, all right, it was nice. He stayed healthy. You know, he's able to. His accuracy is there. But man, if things break down, their he can't do fell, it. Their defense fell if apart. He, but but that was no excuse for the offense to stop scoring points. Yeah, but they lost like seven guys on defense. So. You know, but their the offense team, stops scoring points. Yeah, but the other team is controlling the ball, holding on to the ball. You don't have a lot of time to get back on the field. I mean, it, it wasn't like a perfect season for them. It was a good season. Yeah. Um, and they they ended up getting hammered by Baltimore late. Uh, they lost the number two seed. Um, they had to go on the road. They had to play in frigid weather in Kansas City. Everybody knows how difficult that is. I mean, again, like they, have they that, had two drives in that Tennessee game where. They, I mean, I know the defense let him down. He had two opportunities, too. That offense went nowhere. Right. That, that's where their season kind of went haywire, the last, like, four minutes of that Tennessee game. And there's no – I mean, look, I, <laughs> there's one Patrick Mahomes, all right? And then there's everybody else. Ah, that's all I can tell you. Right. He's obviously the king right now, but there's some guys that are really, really good. And obviously oh, he's facing one. there's a lot of great one. players. And, you know, and Tua himself is a great player. Yeah. So I, I like Tua, but I, I just, I do, I do think that, you know, as as Greg Olson was saying uh, during the, the Fox game that over this past weekend, that when Brock Purdy, everybody says he'll sit there, he's system quarterback, this and that. But he's moving around. And he's doing things. He's breaking the pocket. He's finding. So, like, he, he says, like, if you <clears throat> if you can't move, you can't play in this league. Now, that that's just some of the stuff that I've been reading criticism of Tua is, like, when things break down, he's not doing the stuff that Brock Purdy does. Like, he sits there, and it's like, read, 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 and then <clears throat> things break down. He can't, he can't do anything about it. So that that's the only point. You know, there is movement. There's movement like Josh Allen movement, and Lamar Jackson movement, and there's Tom Brady movement. And then there's Tom Brady movement, just a little bit, just right. a little bit. You don't have to take off and run, but it, you know, Tom would take off and run every now and again, as does Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes would like to play the game behind the line of scrimmage. That's where he'd like to play it. 
but maybe three or four times a game he'll take off and go down the sideline. Yeah. You know, so it's it's uh I don't know, it's I mean You get you get frustrated. I, I get frustrated exactly, because it's exactly. like all right, what's the alternative for Miami? Who do you want as a quarterback? Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm oh, yeah, you want Zach Wilson? You can have him. No, God, uh, no. You, you want Sam Darnold? You can have him. Oof, you yeah. want? Uh, I mean, who do you want? You want uh, Will Levis? You can have him. What about Justin Fields? You want Justin Fields? You can have him too. Yeah. I uh, may not hit anybody in the chest with the ball down the field on time. Yeah. But man, he'll be exciting and he'll be running all over the place. Hi, Boomer and Geo, coming in live for the Build Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. All right, so I'm looking forward to getting on the Acela this weekend. Yeah. Heading down to Baltimore, man. Mm-hmm. Place where I love and a uh, place uh, that... You love uh, Baltimore. I do because, you know, back when the Inner Harbor was first redone, uh, that's when I was at the University of Maryland. Yeah. And the University of Maryland has a lot of fans that live in and around the area of Baltimore, obviously. Of course, it makes sense. And uh, can't wait to get down there. And it was interesting. We had this discussion on Monday QB yesterday right here on CBS Sports Network with Trent Green and Steve Berline. And we were talking about Lamar Jackson and, you know, the kind of conundrum that he put the Ravens in last year. Yeah. Remember he had that bad knee and he was trying to get a contract and he didn't get a contract. He didn't have an agent. His mother was doing it and some other guy was, I, you know. It was a mess. It was, it was a mess. And, you know, John Harbaugh, through all of it, was supportive of his quarterback, you know, kind of really tried to, you know, kind of massage the whole situation and everything. And then Lamar gets his new contract. And then he comes back this year, and all anybody could talk about is the failures that he has had in the playoffs. He was one and three up until last week's game. He had thrown seven interceptions, had seven turnovers, had four touchdowns, you know, all those kind of bad numbers. And we we felt like going into last week that he was going to have a huge game. And he was not only going to have a huge game, you know, on through the air, but it's going to be on the ground more so. He only threw for like 152 yards. I don't think I don't think he was totally happy with their passing game, but he does what Lamar does. And, and Todd Munkin, their offensive coordinator, their new offensive coordinator, you know, called the right plays for him and utilized his his running ability. And I just think, and I was telling these guys yesterday, I just think like he's a different guy this year. Like he has got so much confidence going for him right now. It's so much so that you know he exploded at halftime. Yeah, I remember that he said before the season, and we kind of chuckled at it, to be honest, that he wanted to throw for 5,000 yards in this new offense. And, you know, he didn't get there. He didn't get the 4,000 yards. But he knew that things were going to be different in the passing game for him with Todd Munkin. And they have been. And he's fulfilled it all the way to this point. Now, here's the reality. You got the number one seed. You've been kicking everybody's ass. You beat an upstart rookie quarterback and rookie head coach that came into your building, gave you a little bit of hell in the first half, but then you you pulled away. If you don't win this game, it doesn't mean anything. Your new contract, how you played, all that stuff. If big bad Patrick Mahomes comes in and slaps you around again, well then, tough. You're a loser, just like you have been. Just, just like you have been. I'm sorry. This is this. When you get to that level in the yeah. AFC, you gotta do... Like, Joe Burrow... He beat Patrick Mahomes. He didn't win the Super Bowl, but he beat him at least once. <clears throat> didn't beat him last year. Josh Allen has not been able to do it. And and now you've got 
Lamar Jackson is going to have to do it. You have to do it. I understand why you feel that way, and I understand why most people feel this way. And it's one of the reasons why we're saying he's different. He's definitely different this year. Going in there, ripping into his teammates. I think he went to the Tom Brady School of Leadership, where it's okay to get mad and scream at your players uh, because you're the $250 million man. And, and you're producing. Name, and you're the MVP. Right, and your name's going to be on the, you know, on the, uh, the headline. And they're asking you to do more than just throw it. You know, yeah. They're asking you to run it as well. And, you know, I again, you know, the reason he said he wanted to throw for 5,000 yards is because there's this reoccurring theme around him that he can't throw that well. And they've never had the explosive receivers around him. They tried a million receivers around him. Yeah. But now I, I, I think he's passed all of that nonsense. And I think he realizes that, you know, they have a really good defense. They have a good team. They have basically demolished every team in their path this season, with the cup, with the exception of a couple off games. Um, they beat all those these winning teams by fourteen points or more, and they continued that against Houston. Houston would would have only had three points if it wasn't for a punt return. So that's how that's, and they didn't get one turnover. Uh, Baltimore. That's how good that team was, and how how dominating it was against Houston. Now, this week against Patrick Mahomes, completely different set of circumstances. And I think this is great that Patrick has to go in there and win there because that's going to be a really tough spot. Yeah, and he relished it. He relished it in Buffalo. He's going to relish this. I mean, I think when you're someone who's done it already and you've done it multiple times and you won games at home, it's like, okay, now here's here's a challenge. You know, it's like some of these... Some of these YouTube golf videos I watch were like, okay, Rory McIlroy is going to use a seven iron all the way up and down. It's the only club he's allowed to use. He's so good. It's like, ah, you know, this is so easy for me. You know, now I got a different challenge. That's what Patrick Holmes is saying. Yeah. I've been able to do uh, it. All right, time out. I've been time able out. to do it time out. at home, but this is what he's thinking. Now I'm going to have to do it on the road, and that's going to make my legacy even bigger. You're comparing Rory yes. McIlroy using a seven iron. <laughs> With nobody hitting him, nobody pass rushing him, no fans Hold screaming on. The in his point ear. Is, I mean, this is the ultimate the, challenge for Patrick Mahomes is this particular my, game. My point is when you're so good at something, yes. sometimes when there is a different obstacle in front of you, it brings you to a level that you didn't know that you had. Oh, Patrick Mahomes got a level. That's what I'm saying. It's like Tom Brady going into Arrowhead and beating yeah. the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. It's like Tom Brady going on the road and winning and you know where you know whatever tough place that they had to play but how about remember you know Baltimore would come in and they would give New England fits. Oh yeah, I mean the they playoffs. killed him in, in that one. Uh, I don't know. With Ray Rice, guard. remember Ray Rice oh, that first play right out of 82 yards right out of the gate. Absolutely and smacked that was him with around. Joe Flacco. Yeah. That that's right. And by the way, John Harbaugh was the coach. Yeah, and Joe Flacco had one of the great seasons that year. He was he had a contract year, ended up winning the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, everything else, and got that huge contract. I mean, he earned it back in, what was that, 2011? So who is the, who of all the NFL football teams, 32 NFL football teams, which team is the most stable in your eyes? Probably the Baltimore Ravens. And because Andy Reid is someone I could see not being there in the next two years. Uh, whereas John Harbaugh, I could see being there for another decade. I was talking about ownership. Oh yeah, that's too. Office. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've only had two GMs with Steve Bashotti as owner, and they've yeah. had what two coaches, uh, Billick and Harbaugh. Yeah, that's that right? right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and Billick won a Super Bowl. He did, and he, uh, and then after that, I mean, he never got another job.
Well, they went out and got Elvis Gerback. Oh, my God. That's right. Really the year. understood that whole thing. I mean, not that Elvis is a bad player or anything Elvis like that. Gerbach. I don't know why they would. At, they win the Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. Yeah. And then they go out and get another quarterback. Yeah, and you know what? That was the first ever hard knocks was that team. The Baltimore Ravens after they won the Super Bowl with Elvis Gerbach as the quarterback. That was the first ever Hard Knocks. I remember watching every single bit of it and being enthralled by it. Tony Saragusa, the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, that was that was bizarre. But anyway, so Brian Dillick never got another never got another head coaching job after that, and he's the one of the long list of coordinators that left the Minnesota Vikings to be win a Super Bowl somewhere else. Tony Dungy, Brian Billick, Mike Tomlin. It's just by, amazing. Just by the way, you know, Ted Marchabrota was the first raving coach when they moved to Baltimore. But Steve Bishotti wasn't the owner. It was still Art Modell. I'm talking under Steve Bishotti, I believe only two coaches and only two GMs. Yeah. Okay, who are you talking to here? Al was in my ear. Oh, okay. Because he probably got something on Twitter or some. I Googled it. Oh, you did? All right. I was a little confused by that. I was talking about something else. And I know, but I was just, I just wanted to straighten that out because I was talking about stability in the league. I always talk about that. Yeah. And it's something that the Giants, unfor- the Giants had an under Coughlin. Mm-hmm. They had it there for a while under Coughlin. The Jets are still, I mean, I know they're trying with this group and they're, they're trying to give Joe Douglas more leash and, and a more, another opportunity with Aaron Rodgers, who I guess took his offensive lineman to Vegas. Yeah. And that's where he got his hole in one. Man, he, he does a lot of stuff off the field. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing how much stuff he does off the field that gets covered. Yeah. I mean, well, this will, I, I don't know. It's, it's a, a nice thing. gesture. It's not a bad thing. It's a, it's good a nice thing. gesture. As much as we've been on him, I mean, I can't. It's, you know, this is the stuff he can do because he couldn't play. So he could have, you know, he could have gone in another hole and buried himself alive again like he did God, last I, offseason. I, I hope somehow, some way. That he can get this team to like twelve and five next year, man. I if we go through a losing season I, I with mean, the Jets again, I mean, I, but that's uh, what I'm I, expecting. That's what I'm preparing myself for. Uh, and we said that we couldn't do it this year, and we did. So I you mean, you know I, how the NFL kind of sets up the schedule with like thinking, okay, what are the best games? You know, who are the best? You know, what are the, what are the best stories? And you know how Aaron was a really good story, and the Jets had all these primetime games. Yeah. They gonna do that again? Uh, they'll get a bunch of primetime games. I don't think it'll be the full complement that Opening you get. Weekend, uh, potentially. I mean, that's the only time he's probably going to be healthy, right? So you might as well just <laughs> put him on national TV. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm fully prepared for more disaster during the football season. I, I, I can't go into these seasons with hope anymore for any one of these teams. Really? I just expect because here's the thing: I'm going to lower the expectations. And then when they both suck again, I'll be prepared for it as opposed to that feeling that we had. We walked in here after Aaron Rodgers got hurt. All right, so you got eight home games this year with the Jets. Of course, you play your, your three within your division. Then you got C.J. Stroud coming to town. Yeah. You got Anthony Richardson and the Colts coming to town. You got Sean Payton and the Broncos coming to town. You got Matthew Stafford and the Rams coming to town. And then you got whoever the uh, Seahawks are going to be hiring as a new coach coming to town. Okay. That's their home games. All right. And then their away games, they have to go to the Jaguars, the Titans, the Vikings. Yeah. Want to go to that game? No. No. Uh, then they got to go to the 49ers, and they got to go to the, to the uh, Arizona Cardinals and the Steelers. 
All right. Those are your 2024 opponents. We'll see how it all lays out. They're not going to London or anything next year, are they? Yeah, I don't know how that works out. I don't mm-hmm. know when that gets decided. I know. That, I think a couple of the international teams have been announced. Yeah, the Vikings are one of them. That's why it made me Where think Where are they going? They're going to Berlin, Frankfurt. What are they I think doing? they're going to London. They're going to London. Jaguars still going to London twice? Probably. You know, I was asked by Major League Baseball if I wanted to go to London to see uh, Mets and Phillies or whatever it is. Yeah, I was asked that too. I was like, hey. No. I'm sorry. No, thanks. I, mean, I don't even go to Queens to watch Met <laughs> One to watch it. <laughs> Kidding me? That was the Jets schedule you were given? Yeah, 2024. Not schedule, but opponents. The opponents. That opponents, uh, yeah. Viking game. Uh, Zach Wilson revenge spot. Oh! Yes. yes, exactly. No way, man. Either that or the Michael Penix Well, I take that. Yeah, no, Zach Wilson. Uh, no. No, no, no. That will not happen. It's not going to happen. Zach Wilson's going to be rehabilitated by Kevin O'Connell. You watch. I mean, you really think this is where? Did, where who I mean, there's you? only thirty other teams. No, I know, but the, the, see, I don't know if this is one of these things that you actually heard from a legitimate source, or you're just doing that to torture me, and I can't figure it out, and you won't tell me the truth on or off the air because you like seeing me stewing it. So I then I worry about it because there's, it's not like I can Google it and then somebody's it's going to pop up. I mean, this is somebody probably in the league. Vikings got to get younger. You see all those teams in your division are all getting young. Bringing Zach Wilson in right now, rehabilitation time. Rehabilitation yeah. time. Younger. God. Got a, got a cannon for an arm. Yeah, I'd rather rehabilitate Johnny Manziel than <laughs> Zach Wilson. <laughs> I mean, come on! Anybody but him. But maybe Kirk Cousins stays there. Although, oh, although uh-oh. you know, the rumors are out there if yes. the 49ers don't win the Super Bowl. Yep. That Brock Purdy would be out. And they're going to bring in Kirk Cousins. And Kirk huh? Cousins would be teamed up with Kyle Shanahan. Oh, how about go, that? Go all the way back to their days how about together that? in Washington. How about that? How about that? Off in Achilles. I mean, if you're Brock Purdy, like, what the hell? What else do I got to do, man? Like, honestly, I got to win well, the Super you, Bowl. Did okay. you hear what Kyle Shanahan said about this last game? He said, uh, yeah, Brock missed some throws. Missed too many throws. Well, he did. I know, but he just said that. He he comes right out and said, yeah, yeah, Brock missed too many throws. Yeah, and apparently they were going hard after Tom Brady this offseason, too. The 49ers. Trying to get him there. Get him here makes a ton of sense. And Brady didn't want to do it. It's amazing that that, if you're going to do if you're going to play for any team, it would have been them. That, that would have been the team. And he really was committed to not playing. Retirement and getting ready to go into the booth, I guess. Yeah, which is going to happen. Is that going to happen next year? I I don't know if he can put it up. I'm I'm assuming that Tom Brady right now, as we speak, is is practicing on the telestrator. <laughs> as we speak, right? That's that's how you know. That's the that's the attention to detail that he has. I mean, I doubt it. Either that or he's on the beach right now. He was on the beach. He was on the beach on Sunday or a golf course. He was on the beach on Sunday, shirtless, walking around. So that's where he is. I don't think he's working on the telestrator right now. When when he locks in, he'll lock in. And figure it out, and he'll be oh, good. I'm at sure it. he's practicing. I'm sure he's. I would not be surprised during these games that are going on right now if he were somewhere in a studio working on these things and comments and telestrating and things like that. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that's the, he's got to pour his passion and work ethic into something. Yeah, so. I mean that that's the dedication that he has. You know, it's interesting that with what Peyton and Eli have decided to do with their lives. You know, they they decided that, you know what, we're going to stay in TV. We're going to do all this stuff. We're going to have Omaha Productions. 
want to create all this content. And it's a lot it's a lot easier to do that than it is to sit there and try to run a football team. I can tell you that. <laughs> that is true. That's why Dan Marino decided not to do it. Although he does hang around with the Dolphins as an ambassador. Well, he's still he's well, he's a, a personal, uh, I, I guess, advisor to Stephen Ross. Yeah, which is a nice little spot to be. Nice spot. You know, Price walks around that yeah. facility. Uncle Dan, they call him, pops in and out. You know, <laughs> that's a great spot. Uncle if they Dan. lose, not your fault. If they win, your presence helped. You know, right? You're, You're a legend, and you walk around with that yellow jacket on every on, oh. every time they see you. Perfect. Oh, yeah, memories of the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago with this Walker Hayes. Oh, my God. Blasting the music. Those speakers behind us. Okay. Well, last year you were fine, right? You were fine. Yeah, because we learned our lesson. Yeah. This was two years ago? Two years ago, yeah. Wow. Right? What about last year? No, it was definitely two years ago. Uh yeah, it was two years ago. You're at the Kansas City radio station, you were stealing food from <laughs> last year. That was la- oh, that was last year. Two years ago was this. Last year was the stealing of the food. <laughs> Uh, which I thought it was for free. I don't, I don't, CBS I don't Sports Network, we were able to get the surveillance footage of yes, that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which was absolutely awesome. Mm. Uh, but yeah, there, here it, it, is. it is. Look at that. Good, jo- <laughs> good job, CBS Sports I was Network. Th- I was taking photos saying, hey, guys, look at all the free stuff they have here. <laughs> you didn't, and you didn't take a photo of the uh, the payment machine. Right I, had, the I, had, I had no idea that that, pay- that was a payment machine. I thought that was, you know what the I ATM? thought that was? I thought it was an ATM. <laughs> <laughs> It's just yeah. like New York. They just let you steal and nothing happens. Yeah, <laughs> a little smash and grab spot. A little smash and grab spot is right. Yeah, and you just, uh, that's right. I remember yeah, you sent me this. guys missed me because they wanted me to be on their show. I had to, you know, that's the problem when you go to another radio station. Ugh. Then you're, you're asked to be a guest on all the different shows there, which is fine, I guess. I've got one of the, now that we're on this and not a ton of stuff happened last night, uh, I, I'm a guest on something that I can't figure out what it is tonight but i was asked to do it you're a guest for to be a you know like a company guy but are you familiar with the musician rapper little dicky no i am not <laughs> al you've heard a little dicky yeah i've seen him like on bar stool stuff years ago so well, the, the way you talk about your nibbling <laughs> <laughs> i know maybe that's why they want me on a couple little dickies at the same time <laughs> so so little yeah. Dicky is doing some sort of internet radio show for Mountain Dew and the it, companies involved. It's Lil Dicky. Lil Dicky. L I L. Yeah. Yeah. Not little Dicky. So I, I'm zooming in at seven o'clock tonight to talk On his s- show? Yes. That I think is just existing for a day. Like I don't think he's doing this a lot. I just think he's putting together one sponsored show what are you little geo yeah i mean i'm so i i don't know what we're going to talk about but we're going to talk so and what's great about the the zoom stuff is there is no place in my house that is safe from barking screaming complaining so i i don't know what how it's going to work because this is what i tell everybody with the zooms i'm like i can't go anywhere i don't no matter who i t- i can't it's like that Remember back in COVID, that that guy was on like BBC or something, and a little baby broke in, 
and put that push, and then the nanny came in and grabbed the baby, and yeah. things were falling apart. That's that's basically that's basically what happens. Is this him? <clears throat> yeah, that's him. Yeah, little Dicky, little Dicky, D I C K Y. Yep. Now, does he have a famous song? I feel like he's got a famous song. He's a comedic rapper. Is he? I thought he had like a faint, like a really, or was part of a really famous song. They all have uh, explicit language. It says. Okay. Yeah. Well, Dicky. There goes that. <laughs> so I'll tell you how it goes. Comedic <laughs> rapper Lil Dicky getting his own FX show. Ooh. All right. Maybe we'll talk about that. Maybe you'll end up on FX. This was back in 2019. Oh, yeah. Perhaps not. <clears throat> canceled by now. I mean, did it ever happen? His real right. name is David Bird. B-U-R- David Bird. B U R D. All right. So there you go. I'll let you know how it goes. Five o'clock. He's from Philly. Oh, is he? Yes. All right. Little Dick. Talk to him about Embiid tonight. It's perfect. Perfect stuff. Yeah. I love Dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't aware. Good for you. The <laughs> Super Dicks. <laughs> no, I just was reminded to the last sports oh. Zoom I was on was I, I got ambushed. I remember telling you th- this story. So I went on. I was doing reads for a fight that was coming up, and I was told that I had to go on a Zoom talk to the client about the fight. And I was like, okay, no problem. So like, I wake up from a nap. I'm just on my phone. like My hair's everywhere. And just to figure out, talk to these people about the reads, do good reads, whatever. They pop on one of the fighters, <laughs> unbeknownst to me, and go, all right, we're recording. Geo, take it away whenever you want to start the interview. And I went, what? No idea who this guy is. What am I supposed to ask him? The whole point of this is I was going to figure out who these guys were. And then I'm like, I'm just asking Jerry. You start sweating. Yeah. And has got a picture of me from the Zoom where I'm uh, my face is like pure white. And I'm just like, ah. Uh-huh. So I faked. I faked the whole thing. I faked like I knew what I was well, doing. Right, what's like a random generic boxing question? I, I said, I, I barely remember because it was just like a, a blacked out. But I just, you know. Something about motivation. Where do you get your motivation from in the ring? You know, when things aren't going right, where do you where do you pull from? That's a good question. You know, something like that. I barely remember that. I mean, the audio is probably Izzo probably has the audio. It's probably hilarious of me just go. Uh, <laughs> Did you know who the fighter was no, that they gave you? Not I even the I fighter. Huh? I knew nothing. Wow. And then they just they just go okay. Here we go. <laughs> We're recording now. Let's go to Jonathan in Brooklyn. Jonathan, what's happening? Hey, Boomer Geo. Uh, I don't know if you guys might remember me, but I'm the uh, bootleg uh, Chinese ladybug guy. And I wanted to call to give you guys some extra information on Little Dicky. All right, yes, All right, please. We like it, yeah. So uh, he actually is very big. He blew up on YouTube in 2015 with a song, Save That Money, uh, with Betty Wap. Okay. Came out with an album called Professional Rappers. Got Snoop Dogg on it. It's got a lot of big names on it. And uh, so yeah, he's been he's been he's been around and in, in the raps game for a little while now. He's actually pretty legit, pretty good. Yeah, uh, no, I I knew he was legit. I mean, I just I guess him doing a sports show was different to me. And why well, he's also sorry, he's also <laughs> obsessed with basketball. So he's oh okay, oh, that's guy. good. Actually, all right, so uh, I know I got to get my NBA ready for tonight. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, all right. Uh, that's hey, there you go, Jonathan. I uh, I appreciate the heads up there. So there you go. Makes a little bit more sense yeah. now, I guess. One more, Mike in Bloomfield. Mike, what's happening? Mike, Mike. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, all right, man? man? What's happening? 
Not much. Listen, Gio, I think you would love the show. The show, his show, Dave, yeah. fantastic. It's hilarious. Uh, addresses a lot of, it has some serious tones to it. Addresses a lot of societal things as well. But It's named Dave guy, is the name uh, of the show? A, it's called Dave. And it's on FX? Yeah. All right, nice. Maybe I should watch a couple episodes before Hence I go David on. David Bird. Yep. Oh, okay. All right, very good. I'll, I'll check it out, Mike. I mean, I, I don't know. I, you know, where I was did, planning on mailing world? this thing in. I just where, <laughs> planning on doing. <laughs> where, where did this come from? Spike. Oh, Spike. Yeah. <laughs> a, a Philadelphia guy. Yeah. Spike doesn't really tell you what to do anymore. Tell him to go screw. <laughs> You're out of here. Well, I basically I said, you know, he goes, "Do you want to do this?" I said, "No." <laughs> I said, but, I said, but if it's something that helps out, I'll do it. You know, one of those things. Who's it helping out? I, I believe him and Odyssey and other Odyssey people. Company. And, Lil Dicky. And Lil Dicky. Unless Al wants to do it. Would you rather step in for me, Al? No, it sounds like you guys are going to talk uh, basketball tonight. Sounds <laughs> yeah. great. So this is like one of Spice guys from Philly. That's what it sounds like to me. Maybe. Uh, Spike maybe. using his connections to you. We gravely threw Al out there to talk NBA with Lil Dicky. <laughs> Couldn't name two Minnesota Timberwolves without Boomer mouthing them to him. <laughs> <laughs> in the history of the organization. Yeah. Oh, man. I like the line. I was just planning on mailing it in. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to watch a show, Dave, and figure out about the NBA. Yeah, I think I remember that. I think I know the show, Dave. I actually think I've seen it. Really? Yeah, a couple times, yes. And there's too many famous people these days. You notice that? Everybody's famous from YouTube and everything. You can't keep up with all the content. There's so many freaking famous people. See, you go from Fat Perez to Lil Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about this. Dickies. Yeah, I know. I was watching a Fat Perez video last night, actually, right before I went to bed. A little 1v1 match. It was great. He's awesome. Got to get him on at some point. Yeah, I was watching Yankeeography on Casey Stengel. Oh, yeah, you really? No, you aren't. Were you really? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I was. <laughs> wow. That's a... <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's January. And it yeah. actually locked me in. I was You were in. It was pretty good, yeah. I got to learn nice some job. things. Yeah, they do a nice job with those shows. Uh, all right, Jerry, what's going on? D-I-C-K. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> okay, we're brought to you by Jackpocket. Order official state lottery games on your phone. Uh, Saturday night, Niners beat the Packers. We know this by now. Uh, with just over six minutes to go in the fourth quarter, Anders Carlson missed a field goal. Would have put the Packers up by a full touchdown. He missed. Uh, and moments after that on Fox, you had Tom Rinaldi say, now this, this, this seven seconds is everywhere on social media where Rinaldi is talking about um, Matt LaFleur. When we talked to the head coach, Matt LaFleur, about this, he basically said, when he goes out there, I just pray, guys, right? Meaning the field goal kicker when he goes out there to kick. So, you know, by the way, all four teams that lost on divisional weekend missed field goals. And the interesting thing about Baltimore and Kansas City, they have two of the most money field goal kickers in the history of the league with Harrison Butker for Kansas City and Justin Tucker for Baltimore. So here was LaFleur yesterday. Uh, hey, Tom Rinaldi, what the hell, man? That was extremely disappointing um, that that's how that message got uh, portrayed. Um, you know, I've been doing this for been a part of production meetings for ever since I became a coordinator. And I've never had a, an experience like that. And so he would then go by on. The way, and, by the way, Matt LaFleur, I've, I've interviewed him before. He's always straight with you. He very rarely ever rips into any of his players. And maybe he did say that in jest. 
That's yes. That's pretty and much Tom what he's Rinaldi saying. And Tom took it and won with it like it's a real thing. And so now the damage control is what it is. I talked to honors about it, and you know I think anytime something's out of your control, you, you know, kind of saying it in jest. And, exactly what you oh, were there just you saying. Go. Okay, yeah. yeah. So unfortunately, that became a little bit of a thing, and um, there we are. Uh, Chiefs beat the Bills. Of course, we know this. Uh, we played yesterday. Kevin Harlan, we played the Bills radio and the Chiefs radio of the missed field goal at the end. This is also all over the place. The Korean broadcast of Wide Right. I guess Lachlan and Chico Rush on the Devil's Radio Network. <laughs> you know, I didn't even know that they had Korean radio at these games. I know the Super Bowl has all these international I broadcasts. I didn't know that they do. Wow. <laughs> Sounded just like the Devil's Goal Call. Uh, were they there? Did they send them to Buffalo? I don't know. They want you to feed I somewhere. No idea. Soul. Let's see. Now it's dumped ahead. Picked off by Hughes. Across come the Devils. Hughes for Toffoli. He scores! <laughs> 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 That's pretty good. Uh, after the Chiefs won the uh, meta, the locker room message for one Patrick Mahomes to his club. Hey, listen hey they asked for it. Yeah. And they got what they asked for. Uh, hey, but he said it. This ain't done. No. Uh, we come back next uh, week uh, ready to Go. And turn it up a notch. Chiefs on three, one, two, three. Turn it up a notch. Chiefs I like and, it. Yeah, Chiefs and Ravens, of course, this weekend in the AFC title game. Uh, it looks like the Titans are hiring Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan as their next head coach, and the Panthers to name former linebacker Dan Morgan. They'll promote him from assistant GM to a full-time GM. Uh, quickly, NBA, a big night in Philly. Joel drives it down the lane, left-hand layup, it's up and good. 70 points for a B. Yeah, he was pretty well, impressive. Little Dickie you're going to be talking about. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Although thing. I'm reading the email now and it says, like, I need to have a studio mic to do this, and I do not have a studio mic at home. Just stay here for the day. <laughs> 7 p.m. <laughs> for the little Dicky interview. Just hang out. Go get some lunch. You can go out and go on with uh, Keith McPherson. <laughs> oh, my God. I was going to say Evan and Tiki, but yes, you could yeah. stick around for that, too. <sighs> Uh, here was Embiid after the game. The He scores 70. Sixers beat the Spurs 133-123. He was told by NBC Sports Philly that he joins Michael Jordan as the only two players to go 65, 15, and five assists. Wolf ever did this? <laughs> no, sir. Just, just you, you and just MJ. You How crazy is that? I don't believe that. Although, you know, some of those, you know, Will Rikers, uh, you know, we, you know, we still got to see. But I'm sure Will, he's done it. 
Yeah, well, he had 100 points, 25 rebounds, and two assists, but not five. Uh, so that was NBC Sports Philly. Another big night individually. Carl Anthony Towns had 62, but the T-Wolves lost to the Hornets, 128-125. Celtics beat the Mavericks, 119-110, 39 for Jason Tatum. Suns over the Bulls, late basket from Kevin Durant, 115-113, the final there. Nets Knicks tonight in Brooklyn. I was looking at the uh, the schedule and the records. December 13th, after the Nets beat Phoenix, they were 13-10. and Knicks that night lost in Utah. They were thirteen and ten, and boy, have they gone in completely different yes. directions since then. The Knicks now twenty six and seventeen. I'll tell you what, the take Knicks a look at the next schedule here. It's this game, a lot of home then, games, and right? Then the Heat, and then Denver, and then Charlotte, I think, and then Orlando. <clears throat> I mean, they're in the midst of a great run right now. Got to continue. And, and the Devils take care of the slop in the league. <laughs> yep. Beat the Golden Knights in overtime. Six to five. We kind of played the Tyler Toffoli <laughs> game winner. Uh, gave him the hat trick. Curtis Lazar scored twice, including the game tying goal in the third. And the Golden Knights take on the Islanders tonight. The Rangers in San Jose tonight. And you had Hofstra beat Stony Brook by 16 or so last night. All right. Thank you, Jerry. It is Boomer and Geo coming to you live by for the six, Bills. 80 to 74. Tough studio. Not 16. Six. Six. Sorry. Six. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan in CBS Sports Network. So as mentioned, I'm doing this uh, interview with Little Dicky via Zoom tonight for some internet radio show that he's doing. Very popular, Little Dicky. So I'm excited to uh, be a guest on his program. And I remember the last time that I was asked to do uh, a sports Zoom, I thought I was going on a call to go over reads that I was doing for a particular fight that was coming up. And it was sort of like, hey, you know, this is this is the client. We get asked to do stuff like this occasionally. This is the client. They're going to tell you about this. They're going to tell you about that. Give you a better perspective on how to do the reads. Fine. So I wake up from a nap and I get on this Zoom. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, we're recording. And then they, they pop one of the fighters up from this fight. And then just they assume I'm just going to interview them. So I, I was like, I, uh, okay. So uh, Izzo... Uh, found the audio of this and and gave it to Al. So I haven't listened to this in a long time, but let's uh, let's play it. See how it sounds. All right. So we have we have this uh, being recorded. Um, so Gio, I I'll kick it to you to, to start this up. Um, Alrighty. Cool. I'm ready. You want Anthony? You want me to kick it off? I'm not, I'm not yeah, sure. No, I, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm waiting for the guys here, um, and we'll okay. keep Gio for for questions. Just uh, ask away, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. Listen, I'm I'm excited for this. I know the guys have had uh, ups and downs here for sure, uh, getting this thing happening. So, um, I guess uh, you know, from your perspective, George, what's uh, you know, what's it like to finally be a couple days away here from uh, having this thing finally happen? When you know, there's been uh, there's been so many obstacles. I mean, listen, from from a fight fan perspective, it's been frustrating. I can't imagine being one of the fighters. And actually having to go through this and the preparation and everything else. So, so what 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 are your emotions been like? <laughs> All right. I mean, what's funny is you could you could tell that you're not prepared because you keep saying ah. Uh, uh, I guess. Uh, 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 yes. And I'm like laughing. I was like, you want me to kick this off? <laughs> and the guy's looking at the boxers all jacked. He's slamming waters <laughs> like he looks like he's ready to go fight somebody. <laughs> and you thought this was what? I thought I was talking to the client. 
about the reads that I was going to do. Like, oh, hey, okay. you're, you're endorsing these reads for this this fight that's coming up. You're going to talk to the client about it. I thought it was going to give me background on the fight because these are two fighters I never heard of. You know, George Kalafaktis or something his name was. And I was like, I don't know who this was. I thought I was getting, like, some background on it. And then all of a sudden, the dude pops up on the screen. And they go, all right, Gio, you can kick it off. Ask away. And I was like, you want... So you want me to kick this off? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? I had no idea what was going on. Uh, it's pretty funny, actually. Yeah, yeah. And, and by I, the way, I was just watching a uh, Little Dicky video on a video on uh, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And it's a great. It's it's a cartoon that he put together, and it's about Mother Earth. Yeah, yeah. And he's and everything's good. Everything's great. I'm a zebra. I'm an elephant with junk in the trunk. This, that, and the other thing. This is cannabis. This is Kanye. <laughs> Yeah. And these are, this is all like, uh, it's like a cartoon. It's great. And then there's a clam. He goes, I'm an effing clam. <laughs> you know, I was going to send it to Winnie because I thought it was going to be pretty cute, you know? No, I no. can't send it to, to Winnie now. No, no, no. Well, unless you want to just, you know, give her a taste of the real world at a young age, you know? Exactly. I'm an effing clam. <laughs> <laughs> a clam is a weird thing to be, you know? You would think so, yes. I'm sure there are other. Really weird things to be. Yeah. Do clams have brains? That's a good question. <laughs> they seem to know what they're doing and where they are. D- do they? Nice clams. There you go. All right, now I need to know this. Oysters. <clears throat> do clams have brains? Shrimp. Clams have... I'm going to say n- no. They have like a central nervous system. It says, uh, yes, clams have a part of the body you could call a brain that controls all the clam body functions. Clams are classified as invertebrate mollusks with two shells. What about a heart? Eat clams. So here's another one, though. It says animals that don't have a brain, clams. Nice clams. Clams can open and close their shells. The clam manages to function thanks to its nervous system. Clam foot? They're popular in the fishing world as clams are easy to catch and live all over the world. Best clams in town? Clams have kidneys, a stomach, a mouth, a nervous system, and a beating heart. And the monkey was just eating clams. (laughs) And when you eat a raw clam, you're eating all that. You are, yeah. That's what you're doing. Yes. Chlamydia. (laughs) I don't think you're eating chlamydia. Uh, But wow. But you're obviously... Joey clams. The raw clam, well, the raw clam, like, pulled right out of the bay or something. Yes. You'd eat all that. But, like, sure. I guess we get it at a restaurant. By then, it's not, you know, no, they, doesn't they have they a beating heart. They, so yeah. At that point. Exactly. Now I'm feeling bad about eating these clams. Why is that? Well, I don't know. It's, I didn't know it had all that. <clears throat> you know a clam had a kidney? I, is that yeah, something you learned yeah. today? Uh, yeah, I guess I kind of learned it today. I never really thought about it. I used to dig clams when I was... Yeah, you probably clams. weren't thinking about men. Let me no. Moist clams. <laughs> but what I was thinking about was cash. Sure, That's exactly. About. Cash, cash, give me cash. Clam stomach. It's got to be very, very tiny. Has to be. And a mouth? Did you know a clam had a mouth? There's no way you knew a clam had a mouth. Uh, you know, I, they have to eat somehow. <laughs> Do they? I mean, they absorb... I, don't, I have no idea. The more I think about this, the more my brain, I can't, I can't handle things. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like when you start delving deep into, 
like living things and how they got here and Earth and all that stuff. I just uh, my mind is completely blown, and then I clam up. I start to freak out. So I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah, stop reading. I'm just going to stop. I'm, you know what? That's exactly. I'm just going to shut myself out to the outside <laughs> world and just live in complete ignorance, like Jerry and Sal. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> what you can do is just keep playing golf. Yeah, that, there you go. Bingo. That sounds good to me. And watch uh, your videos. What <laughs> ah, I want to say is I'm not prepared for this at all. Uh, Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Built Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Should be some coaching news this week. Of course, we got big championship Sunday. And there's more focus on this AFC game for sure. Uh, and I don't really think that many people, even though their heart might be with the Detroit Lions, are going to give them much of a chance. At least they aren't right now. It's a touchdown spread. At least it was when it opened. But I do think that most of, now tell me if I'm wrong, but most of the country who is not a 49ers fan is going to be rooting for little yeah. old Detroit yes. and Dan Campbell to get to their first Super Bowl. So um, when they go on the road and Jared Goff tends to throw some interceptions, they end up losing. Yeah. So I think their last two road games were at Chicago and... There was another game in there towards the end of the year where they were on the road, and he threw two interceptions, and they lost both of those games. Yeah. So at home, he doesn't tend to do that, although he did do that on Thanksgiving against the Green Bay Packers. So that that will be the thing for me in that in that particular game. The other thing in that particular game is Steve Wilkes, the defense coordinator of the 49ers. 49ers defense did not play well. They got two interceptions because Jordan Love was off a little bit and was a little bit inaccurate, and Drake Greenlaw got those interceptions. But I, I didn't think that that San Francisco defense looked all that imposing. And Steve Wilkes is their new defense coordinator, and I'm, I just I wonder what's going on in that building. You know, you, you, you were mentioning to me off air that, you know, there was all this talk about Tom Brady trying to go to or them trying to get Tom Brady to go to San Francisco. Maybe Kirk Cousins reunites next year if this thing doesn't go where they want it to go with Brock Purdy. I, I mean, which is amazing to me. Well, they I mean, have, they have the... Brock Purdy on this cheap contract and he's outplaying his contract by 50 times. But this is a team that feels like if they had the best quarterback or a top five quarterback, which is what Brock Purdy was earlier in the season, that they would be a lock to win the Super Bowl. That's what they feel like. And that's why they thought Garoppolo wasn't good enough and they drafted Trey Lance. And he wasn't good enough and got hurt and they fell into Brock Purdy. So they they just feel like I we, we've got the roster to beat anybody. We just need that gamer now brock purdy i think can be that i really do he, believe he just it. led them to a game-winning drive against the green bay packers I, also, I i agree but they i there were also people that were defending garoppolo when they were getting rid of him because it's like this guy wins this guy wins i mean even prior he to got Shan hurt yeah he was always getting hurt hey, true but he he did win when he was in there and he was healthy <laughs> i mean this even goes back to you know the 49ers organization even prior to kyle shanahan and John Lynch, you know, they made that switch from Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick when Alex Smith got them to a championship game the year before. And under then they, Harbaugh. Yeah, that was right. So that was under Jim Harbaugh and Trent Baalke. So they they just, they've been going through these guys and, and wanting. I, I would not be surprised if Kyle Shanahan made a push. If, if Purdy played terrible in this game and they lost, 
to the Detroit Lions. I would not be surprised if they made a run at Kirk Cousins in the offseason. You know what's amazing to me is that Brock Purdy loves football. He's under, he's really underassuming. He's the kind of guy that would listen to Kyle Shanahan and probably run through a wall for him. Yeah. And the fact that we're talking about them possibly losing a game and then him losing his job, I mean, that would be, that would be nuts. I mean, he's, I think he's played reasonably well. I don't think he's played as good as he played earlier in the season. I think that Baltimore game shook him a little bit. Yeah. And I think some teams saw that he was, you know, a little bit intimidated in that game and had balls batted down at the line of scrimmage. But I thought he came back and played well the last couple of weeks of the season. He didn't have a great game last week, but he was lucky because he could have had two balls picked off and they were dropped. Yes. Yeah, there was a couple in there that were. I mean, Darnell Savage the game. got hit right between the three and the six on his jersey, and he dropped it. I know that was brutal. But the Forty ers are a heavy favorite to win the Super Bowl, and and that's that's every they have to. Well, I, mean, I don't know about the heavy favorite. I they mean, are. Baltimore kicked their ass, but they but they are ahead. I mean, they're plus one forty five. They're Baltimore the favorite. Not only kicked their ass, they kicked their ass in San Francisco. I'm just telling you what the line says on FanDuel Sportsbook. They're the favorite. Yeah. So the amazing thing. Uh, to me, watching Kyle's offense, I think it's a great, really well-designed offense. But they don't really throw the ball down the sidelines. I mean, you have Brandon Ayuk out there. He can beat anybody off the line of scrimmage. And he's as fast as there is. Maybe a little bit a step slower than like Tyreek Hill. But still, nonetheless, a top-end speed guy. They very rarely ever throw the ball down the sideline. It's a lot of the, the crossing routes, the in routes, and all those routes are... Good for Brock Purdy, much like they are good for Tua Tungavailoa. But I'd like to see them, you know, open it up this week because I don't, you know, the defense for Detroit is is not a great defense. It's a good defense. It's not a great defense. And I think you you can exploit these defensive backs and you can go after them. And I'd like to see them throw the ball down the field a little bit more down the sideline and take a couple shots here with uh, Brandon Ayuk one on one. You know, I was talking about most of America, the football viewing uh, adult would be rooting for the Lions. But I I also thought about this because I did hear Evan say this yesterday. And something I have said prior to, you know, this Lions run now that they're in the championship game is this is a team that's in my division. They've never been to a Super Bowl. I have not seen the Vikings make it to a Super Bowl, even though they lost four before I was born. I don't want to see them have success. And I heard Evan say that he doesn't want to see the Lions go to the Super Bowl and win it because that means it's another one of these franchises that got over the hump before the Jets won their next one. And that would annoy him. And I kind of agree with that. Now, you got like this Cinderella story and you can get behind the Lions, but I, I'm I'm selfish about it. Man. I, I don't I don't want to see them do but, yeah, but you have a different what my team can't do, you know? They're in your division. <clears throat> yeah, but I also understand it from a Jets fan perspective. A little bit, like it's like because the lion, the Lions, the Browns, the Jets are just known as those loser franchises. They're I just, know, I know, but I don't like I don't root for franchises one way or the other. What I root for is people. And Jared Goff was cast aside by Sean McVay and the Rams. Dan Campbell is like everybody's coach that we've had in college and we had in high school. Yeah, and we love those guys. Uh, sure, but. There are franchises that you, be, during your playing career, you would dislike more than others. I mean, well, we, I mean, I mean Kyle Shanahan Steelers, and the 49ers. Come on, man. Well, in the 49ers. I mean, let's face it. He's a little swarmy. You think he's swarmy? Yeah, they're swarmy, those guys. Wow. Uh, you know, they're, they're, above, they're above everybody. They're the, the elite. Famers. They're, they're, they're the elite. The NFL. You're telling me they're the elite? 
The Kyle Shanahan doesn't dress like fran- a. Lady. But the franchise itself, with all the with all the you know Hall of Famers and all the. Uh, you know, Super Bowl victories. Oh, it's kind of like the Cowboys. All these Hall of Famers, the Steelers Hall of Famers. I mean, when you take a look at the Hall of Fame, it's Cowboys, Steelers, 49ers. Sure, the organization. But Kyle Shanahan doesn't feel to me like an elite. Like, he, he reminds me of a guy like he's an over-the-hill skateboard guy who, like, lost to Tony Hawk. Like, he was, that's what he looks like. He's got that hat. He's got that skinny look. He looks like an uh, over-the-hill skateboard guy. He doesn't look like, like an elite. He's an NFL lifer. His dad was a great coach, Hall of Famer. He's going to end up being a Hall of Fame coach. You watch, um, I don't know, just in places with the 49ers. It looks you know? like someone that'd be friends with Spike. You know, Kyle Shanahan? I think this is my buddy, Kyle. Oh, uh, nice to meet you. You know, both skinny, vegan hipster guys do you think that he has tattoos i i don't but but i could see them hanging out sharing the same views you don't think stuff. he has a tattoo huh kyle shanahan yeah i don't think so no huh. he may i don't know maybe he's got a tramp stamp I, i'll tell you one thing he is uh ramping up the pressure on brock purdy though there's no doubt he better respond to it i <laughs> I think Brock Purdy can handle him. He's, listen, Mr. Irrelevant, all the stuff he's overcome. I mean, I... My God, he's had two back-to-back great seasons. Yeah, but they... And they're they, not happy with him. Well, that's not that they're That's not, hard for me to believe. I, I don't think they're not happy with him. I just think that they feel... I, I would imagine... So you end up paying Kirk Cousins $35 million a year to come in there? Maybe. And give you the same type of performance? Maybe. If they don't get it done here. I just feel like there's so much pressure on that organization with all the building that they've done to get it done now. Like, they got to win this year. Yeah, I'd they like to see their defense become a little bit more aggressive and more smothering than they were last week. That's all. And I didn't see that defense show up against Baltimore either. And that team's supposed to be known as a defensive team with Nick Bosa and Chase Young and Fred Warner, Tre- yeah, Fred Warner uh, Charvarius Ward. Green, I mean, Greenlaw. Yeah. All those guys. They got a good team. Like So act like it. Act like it. Act like a man. By the way, uh, Kyle Shanahan has Chris Sims' initials. Remember, do you remember this story? Chris Sims and Kyle Shanahan have each other's initials tattooed on their bodies. All right. And why is that? <laughs> um, that's a good question. <clears throat> it's something to do with the Longhorns. I don't know. I did know. They, that- were asked, they asked Phil Sims about it. He said, um, this is dumb. Got a picture of, but yes, I've seen it. It's still there. He's got a picture of a longhorn on his leg, too. And then Kyle Shanahan's initials. I do remember this being a story. This must have been like a blood brother type of yeah, thing. Yeah, it was like, like one of those situations. <laughs> <laughs> they got in when they, when they were in college. You know, you got a buddy that you're that <laughs> close with, you know? Yeah. We're going to be friends forever. Right. Type of thing. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan is he? He's got to be older than Chris Sims, though. No, Are they the same age. They're at school together. That's strange. I did know Kyle Shanahan was down there for a long time. Kyle Shanahan age. He's forty four. Oh, okay. He's probably they probably are the same age. Chris Sims age forty three. All right. There you go. Best buds. Just like you've got um, Ziggy's. Name yeah, tattooed right. on so, your ankle. So Kyle went to Duke in Texas. <laughs> so I'm assuming Texas is where he and uh, his buddy 
Phil Sims had their... No, no, Chris Sims. Not, Chris not, not Phil Sims. You should get Phil's initials tattooed I'm on not getting Phil's initials. <laughs> that would no be perfect. Way. A little P.S. somewhere. Right on your hip or something. On you my put, hip? You put it right down here. You know, P.S. Like, on my hip. <clears throat> you know, like, you see women these days, they put a tattoo, like, down here, like, writing. You see that from time I, to time? I can do it like in hieroglyphics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just put the full name. Should I put Phil Sims down my my uh, my rib cage? Then you do a portrait of it with the lady glasses on him. <laughs> really honor him. You know? Honor my man, Phil. In the, in the right way. Yes. I cannot wait. I, I, It's not likely, but there there is a chance that that Larry David uses the lady glasses thing. There's a chance. Now, I'm not... You know, totally naive here. So, Curb is in the can now. So, Curb so is, is in the can. Last, this is their last season. And we have talked about Lady Glass for a while. In the preview, he is wearing a pair of Lady Glasses that we have described as Phil Sit, like the points on the end and the design and everything. He is wearing that. Now, if the term, if he just like has to use those glasses and then people are talking about it, then obviously it's just a different idea and just a coincidence. But if the term lady, lady glasses, glasses comes out, that means somebody who is a writer on that show has heard us talking about hey, it. Hey, lady glasses. What's up? <laughs> hey. And that that would be probably the all-time peak if, if Larry David or a writer was inspired by our Phil Simms lady glasses conversation. There was the one Seinfeld episode where George got glasses that everyone thought were lady glasses, although I don't think that phrase was used. George got glasses from somebody that Kramer knew. Okay. okay, and they're well, all wondering why he—they were very ladylike glasses. Oh, ladylike glasses! But I don't know say, what I don't know what phrase they used. I don't remember. Okay, but lady glasses—that would be a thing. That would that would definitely yes. be a thing. That's, I agree. That starts February fourth. I think I'm excited for that. Uh, let's go to Victor down in North Carolina. What's going on, Victor? Uh, good morning, folks. Um, got a question for Boomer with. Uh, Brian Callahan moving from Cincinnati to Tennessee. Do you think that they'll try and get Joe Brady out of Buffalo and move him down to Cincinnati to reunite him with Joe Burrow? Yeah, they were together in college at LSU, of course, and they had one of the great college uh, offensive seasons ever. Makes Lateral sense, move, but I, man. I, I just can't. Lateral move, I, not yeah. gonna let him. The only way that that would ever happen is if uh, you know Buffalo wanted to get rid of Joe Brady, but I can't believe that they would want to do that given the way that Josh Allen and that offense played once he took over as offensive coordinator. I would also think that Zach Taylor probably has somebody tapped internally for that job, I would believe. Yeah, and listen, the Bills and the Bengals are going to be competing at the top level of the AFC for years to come because of those two quarterbacks. There's no way Joe Brady could go there in a lateral move. The Bills wouldn't allow it unless they you know, made him assistant head coach or something like that. Uh, because then you can't stop someone from doing it. But, no, they would block that. And here's one of these 30-somethings getting another job in the NFL now. 39, yep. 39, and a son of, obviously, a highly respected football coach in his own right, his dad, Bill Callahan. That is correct, who was coaching the Raiders back in 2002 when they went to the Super Bowl with Rich Gannon and lost to uh, John Gruden. Remember uh, Bill Callahan went and coached at Nebraska? Remember that? I do remember that. And you know who was a quarterback at Nebraska? Quarterback at Nebraska when Bill Callahan was the head coach I don't know if he was the coach. I don't know if he was the actual coach for him at Nebraska, but maybe maybe it could have been. Eric Crouch. No. 
one Zach Taylor. Oh! How about that? Everybody's kind of incestuous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, crossing the streams, you know? Yeah, you know, you, you take care of me, I take care of you. I meet you, you meet me. Look at what Gerard Mayo said about the Belichick boys. If they want to stay, they can stay. If they if their dad gets a job and they want to go with their dad, they can go with their dad. A lot of leech spots going on there in the NFL, you know? A lot of leech spots. Just leeching right on. One of those things. Yeah, but I don't think that's a leech spot. <clears throat> if they stay. Oh, if they stay, yeah. But, I mean, I guess. You know what? It also shows they you that. they leached onto the dad. Yeah, but it also shows you that, yeah, but they started like everybody else started when you start with the New England Patriots. He did not hand them the keys to the defense. They had to prove their worth. They had to go through the entire process, which if you do ask Chris Sims, will tell you it's just... It's so arduous, and you don't you have no life. You're basically like in film and scouting prison for like three years before you can actually come out like, of there and become a human being. That's why he left. Yes. Yeah. Like Mike McDaniel did and survived all of that. Yeah. For years and years and years. And that's why, and I'm sure Brian Callahan's mm-hmm. one of these guys like that started as a graduate assistant somewhere and... Worked his way up through the Buffalo, I mean, through the Denver Bronco staff under John Fox, I believe. And, you know, like, you got to do the dirty work before you get a chance to end up becoming a legitimate coach. And look, as an offense coordinator for the Bengals, he's done a great job. Oh, absolutely. So here he, got, here he goes. He's got his shot. Fresh perspective down there in Tennessee. Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Jerry Recco is back with us. He's got another update. What's going on, Jerry? Morning. Brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. So last hour, if you remember, um, we did play Patrick Mahomes inside the Chiefs locker room after they beat the Bills. So this hour, I present to you Dan Campbell after the uh, Lions took out the Bucks. Uh, Campbell and the Lions not only have won one playoff game, they've gotten two now, and they're on their way to the NFC title game against the 49ers this Sunday. Well, as he starts to talk to his men inside the uh, the locker room, almost sounds emotional. You guys are unbelievable, man. I- I'm telling you, we talked about it all all year. This started a long time ago. You're built for this. Built for this, yes. I remember so- when... We were eating kneecaps and punching people in the balls. And now we're here. <laughs> yeah, but he very quickly yes. would come out of it. You were f***ing built for this, man. And look what you guys did. You went out there. And the what? it's another f***ing hot team that we knocked off. It's the next hot team that you knock off. Do you know how hard it is to win this f***ing league in the playoffs? <laughs> and then uh, his last message would be more work to do. Do you understand what you're doing right now? What we're capable of? That's two. All right. That's two. We got two to go with a bye in the middle. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Go beat the Niners, get a little break, and then play in the Super Bowl. So, that game averaged about 40 million viewers. Is How that many all? viewers do you think that CBS topped off at between Buffalo and Kansas City? 45, 46? No. That's crazy. 52. Nope. More? Well, tell us. Why do you think my suit was getting so much play? <laughs> 55 million. 55 million people. Yes. Holy hell. 69. 
That that beat last year's uh, broadcast in the same window by eleven percent. Wow! And I think you know, look, there's got to be some Taylor Swift at you know aspect to this, don't you think? Quite possibly. I mean, I told you the reasons why I thought it was going to be huge, um, and it was. But I'm sure she added a couple here and, or there. And again, the game last year that was in that window was San Francisco and Dallas. Oh, wow. And this is Kansas City and Buffalo. And, of course, it's Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and all that goes into that because this is the Brady Manning kind of thing right now where it's definitely having a positive effect on TV viewership. But I have to believe, and I was also reading a, a, a Reddit post uh, about, uh, I guess, about cheese. I, no, not about <laughs> cheese. But I guess there is a a Reddit Taylor Swift deal. <clears throat> And all the Swifties on Reddit were wondering what happened when McCall Hardman fumbled the ball out of the end zone. Why Why did that happen? What was the rule? And they didn't know it. And they were all going crazy because of it and not knowing the rule <laughs> and how it's implemented. Man. Yeah. Taylor Swift Reddit? Yes. <laughs> I can't get enough, man. Apparently not. And well, hopefully she's coming to Baltimore. So that was the question uh, asked to John Harbaugh yesterday. Are you distracted by this Taylor Swift stuff? No, I haven't been distracted by that at all. Hasn't really crossed my mind at all. No, I can't say it has. So your daughter's not a fan. No, my daughter's in college. I mean, she's not even gonna, she's not going to be at the game. You know, I've got some Taylor Swift songs on my phone. I do, I do. Might they be deleted this week? <laughs> no, I mean, what does that have to do with it? It's... She's dating the opponent. <laughs> Is it time to end this press conference? He had enough midway through it, which was funny. Now, TV is showing Jason Kelsey with no shirt on. So Andy Reid was on a Zoom call with reporters yesterday. Now, what do you think his reaction to that would be? I think he'd laugh. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, I think he would have fun with it. Like, that's the, I just, you know, I make thought it. so, too. Hmm. He went in this direction instead. He's the best. He's a great kid. Um, great father. That's probably the thing I'm most proud of him for because he's got a great wife and, and kids and everything. So he's done a nice job with that. <laughs> yeah, really looks like a father of the year right there. <laughs> Shirt off, slamming beers. Uh, that was not what I was expecting him to say, but I'm so telling you, the, the, the best part of all that has been missed. And we talked about it yesterday. It's not Taylor Swift. It's not Jason Kelsey with his shirt off. It's Patrick Mahomes Sr. turning around and looking at Britt Taylor Swift with this look of disgust on his face <laughs> that just steals the show. And no one's talking about it but us. That's it. That look when he turns around with just how in the hell is this happening is, is, is quite possibly the best reaction of the last 10 years, hmm. in my opinion. Odd, for sure. Now, to get to the Ravens, the Chiefs had to beat the Bills, as we know. A lot of questions in Buffalo about what's going on forward, what happens going forward, the roster. Uh, how about the head coach? Josh Allen was asked about Sean McDermott. I thought he did a great job, and I think he had a lot on his plate this this year. You know, us being 6-6, six and six, having the confidence in, in, in the guys in this locker room. Um, Never panicked. And you could say made the right move by changing coordinators. And so you've got uh, Chiefs and Ravens on Sunday and, of course, the Lions and the Niners on Sunday as well. It looks like Brian Callahan will be the next head coach of the Titans. 
Uh, Dan Morgan, the new GM of the Panthers, he was promoted to that spot from assistant GM, and yes, he is the former linebacker. To the NBA, and what a night for Joel Embiid. Here comes Maxi to Joel. Joel, top of the key. Another jumper straight away and in. And the crowd just basking, loving this performance by Embiid. Yeah, he would go for 70 points last night on 24-41 shooting. Only missed a couple of free throws, went 21 of 23. Sixers beat the Spurs 133-123. So obviously he's the star of the night. His teammates know it. Tyrese Maxey goes on Instagram from the locker room after the game, and the idea is to give him the silent treatment when he comes in and make like nothing happened. So this was Maxey staring into his phone. Um, I... So right there he says, I can't stop laughing as they're waiting with Embiid comes in. And you get the little pause. He's walking around. I said. And then they go and attack him, as you can imagine. Then Maxi would actually talk to reporters and actually put in perspective what Embiid is doing. I mean, I keep telling everybody, like, it's, we, we cannot take this for granted. You know what I'm saying? Not just as teammates, not as an organization, but as fans. Um, even if you're not a fan of Philadelphia, if you're just a fan of basketball, can't take Joe for granted, man. What he's doing right now is special. Pretty damn impressive, and the Sixers are having a really good season as well. Are they ready to give him the MVP already? Like they gave it to him last year? <laughs> I remember like the season was half over. They said he's the MVP no matter what. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say his numbers this year are better, and he has been a monster. But at the end of at the end of last year, if you had to vote without any of the the noise and discussion, who would have gotten the MVP? Well, Jokic, right? right? But he didn't get it. Now, no, I think he got this, the championship instead. Yeah, that's right. But I I do think that Embiid legitimately right now is by far the leader in the clubhouse for MVP. Agreed. Assuming, uh, assuming he plays all six, you know at least sixty five games, the Hornets beat the T Wolves one twenty eight one twenty five, and that was with Carl Anthony Towns scoring sixty two on the loss. Here was Anthony Edwards. Um, Towns was amazing, but quite frankly, we were not. We wasn't focused from the jump at all. We wasn't focused. Cat just had a great night. We wasn't focused. Though. And that lends credence to his coach, uh, was Finch, I forget his first name, but talking about how it was a horrible performance by his team defensively as they wound up losing that game. And they've been great this year, but not last night as they lose despite the 62 from Carl Anthony Towns. Now, this will tie into all of this. I bring you to the Suns and the Bulls. They got a tie game late. Allen inbounding, looking, gets it to Nurkic. He takes a dribble, bounces to KD, pull up jumper at the buzzer. He got it! Kevin Durant! Six seconds left, but the Suns take the two-point lead. 115 to 113. Durant drills another mid-range jumper. And 115-113, the final. Suns radio with the call. So afterwards, Durant goes to the podium after this big win, and he's asked about the other guys. I don't know if you saw Joel and Beat score 70. Cat has 70. Yeah. Joel has 70 today. 53. Yeah. He has 70. Yeah. So what a nice like tonight, meaning the NBA. Shit. <laughs> So there you have it. I'm sure everybody around the league was asked about this night. So, uh, And that comes after the Suns win. Celtics beat the Mavericks 119-110. Jason Tatum 39. Tonight in Brooklyn, Nets and Knicks. The Knicks 26-17. and The Nets 17-25. and Here's Julius Randle excited to have eight of the next ten at home coming up. It's amazing. It's amazing. Other than this cold-ass weather, it's amazing. Which isn't so bad these days. And it's actually getting warm Thursday and Friday and Saturday. I mean, the fact that we have a high of 40 today is amazing. I yes. will take that. 
any day of the week. It wasn't uh, wasn't freezing this morning driving in. It was actually above freezing for the and first yesterday time. Yesterday was the uh, the first time uh, this winter that the sunset hit 5 p.m. All right. Oh, so we're, we're going getting the, longer we're going and longer way. and longer now. Here yes. we go. Chopping wood through these what three What is the finally coming out of that funk? No, not really. We've got a long way to go. <laughs> no, maybe not. Not really. What is the shortest day? December 21st? Yeah. Something, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yep. So we get to five, soon six. Now we're starting to move forward now. Now yeah, I, I agree. To change. The December's depressing. Well, December I can get through because you're distracted. It's holidays. I mean, weather-wise. Yeah, but... It's Christmas. Come on, man. I said weather-wise. New Year's Eve. I mean, you know, all that kind of stuff. No, you hit January. New Year's Eve Yeah, it does. In January 2nd is the worst day of the year, and then you just keep going up from there. (laughs) It gets better each day. It gets better each day. Positive outlook, Boomer. Yeah, and we Wouldn't are. kill you to try it once in a while. Well, I, listen, I'm all about positivity. You guys, you're, <laughs> oh. you're the ones who bring me down. No, very positive. You're um, always sick. He's always bitching, complaining about traffic or something. I'm sick as much as you are. New York has won three straight and four of five. Brooklyn just went one and two on a three-game trip through Portland and Los Angeles. Um, we've had the game-winning goal from the Devils. This was the game-tying goal from the Devils. Nemitz with the wrist shot off the draw. Goes wide. Yeah. Bounces out in front. They score! It's Curtis Lazar. We're tied at five. And so that was one where you didn't get much reaction from Chico like you did on this one. Here's to Foley. Between the circle. Snapshot scores. Yeah, baby. Make it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love Chico. Who was that with the Mets? Was that Terry Collins that did that? I don't remember. Yeah, baby. I think it was TC, yeah, that had the yeah, baby back in the day. Anyhow, Tyler Toffoli had the hat trick, including the game-winning goal in overtime, and that one where Chico... Yeah, scored. baby. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. And Curtis Lazar scored twice, including that game-tying goal. So the Devils get the win in overtime, 6-5. to five. You've got Vegas stays in town to take on the Islanders tonight. Game number two for Patrick Waugh as Islanders head coach. The Rangers are in San Jose tonight. Araldus Chapman signs in Pittsburgh with the Pirates, a one-year deal worth $10 million, and Hofstra beats Stony Brook 80-74. You guys happen to catch out Patrick Waugh's analytics? No. He says analytics. That's how he said it. Mm. He's like, you know, we like the analytics when it works. <laughs> we do not like the analytics when they do not work. Yeah. <laughs> I already put those guys through two-a-day practices. <laughs> it is... Uh, it's something else that he's yes. the head coach of the New York. It is, it's really when you in, in the world of hockey, it's a big deal. It is a huge deal. It uh, is a huge deal. The analytics. Uh, thanks, Jerry. We'll see you next hour. It's Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Built Ford Tough Studio. All right, Boomer and Geo on the Fan and CBS Sports Network talked a lot about the Rob Sala Joe Beningo relationship and how Joe went on the radio sharing Rob Sala texts and even said stuff that Rob Sala didn't mean and he had to backtrack on all of that. Well, I've got another one for you. A head coach in the NFL and a, another celebrity. And that is Pete Carroll and Snoop Dogg. So Snoop Dogg and Pete Carroll have this phone conversation after the Seattle Seahawks fire Pete Carroll. I know they try to make this some transition into the front office, but they fired the guy. They fired him as the head coach. And you've got Snoop Dogg going on some Fox Sports show yesterday, and he said, flat out, he goes, I called Pete Carroll right after they let him go, and he told me he wanted to coach the Chargers, but I don't think the Chargers want him. And I said, whoa! That reminds me of Joe Beningo and Rob Sala. Well, it goes back to uh, when Pete was at USC. Yep. 
they were he, being very friendly. He would then. bring them over there, and he would entertain the guys, and you know, made Pete look cool to, in the eyes of the players that he had there. You know, he's he's playing the mental games with everybody. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're buddies. There's no question about it, and I guarantee you, that's exactly what he said. Yeah, I mean, but is did Snoop Dogg cross a line in sharing that? I mean, we got on Joe. Do we get on Snoop? Well, uh, yeah, he kind of, yeah, I think he did. I think he, uh, but then again, I don't know. You know, they've had a long time relationship. And maybe he told him, hey, put that out there. Yeah, he could have. So they, they've been probably friends for 25 years, I'm thinking. Yeah, I, that was one of the first things that we talked about when he was let go about how that could be a fit for him if he still wanted to coach and him being a, a Southern California guy and all of that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, if I'm a, I would absolutely. If I was an NFL franchise with a head coach opening and Pete Carroll was out there, at least bring him in and talk to him. I mean, I, I mean, I guess they're going to end up hiring Jim Harbaugh, and that'll be a great hire for them, in my opinion. But, I mean, talk to the guy, for God's sakes. I mean, maybe that we're just looking at these guys differently than the owners are because it's tough for me to think that both Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll weren't, weren't just scooped right up and say, hey, you well, got a couple more I years mean, left in you, let's go. You know, the thing about a guy that is in one place for so long, they have a certain way about doing things. And I could say the same thing about Bill Cowher, but he did get offered numerous jobs yeah. that he turned down. Well, he was much but he younger, too. Yeah, he wasn't as old as these guys. But, you know, Belichick, 20, what, 24 years yeah. in, uh, in New England? And the last three, four years haven't gone so well. Well... Yes, especially last year, for sure. I mean, you think Arthur Blank said, look, uh, you're going to bring Tom Brady with you? <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, unfortunately for Bill, that's what he's got to deal with. Let's go to uh, Nick, who's down in Bradley Beach. What's going on, Nick? Yo, guys, first of all, you might have a dynamic duo in, in Snoop Dogg and Joe Beningo. We might have to bring these guys into, like, a head office and let them run a team somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they both love football. They both love weed. It would be perfect. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Listen, I was actually just touching base with you guys because I really don't know how to feel. Belichick is a legacy. We all know that. But with the way that the new NFL is, how young these guys are, and with all due respect to most of them, it doesn't seem like they take coaching as literal as maybe Boomer would have back in the day, you know, taking everything to heart game planning, so on and so forth. My biggest question was, is Belichick really still fit for this league, or should he just go out and, and, and you know, carry his sails the way that he's made them for 24 years up in New England? I'll get off the phone, listen to you guys, and I hope to see you guys down at the Jersey Shore doing some golf in the summer. Oh, Have yeah. We were just actually talking about a Jersey golf day yes, in, we were. in the break. Yes, Um I think that Bill Belichick's coaching style would still work. I think him in a new place, uh, reinvigorated, going after that record, another Super Bowl, and trying to prove to everybody that he can do it without Tom Brady in some other place in New England, you're going to get a fresh Bill Belichick with a ton of energy. Now, as far as the coaching style working or not, I see a lot of Rob Sala let the players do whatever they want stuff, and it doesn't really work out very well. These guys are on Twitter and Instagram saying all sorts of crap, and then you see the, the quarterbacks calling out the government on Pat McAfee. I mean, <laughs> so what do you want? I mean, maybe somewhere in between yes. is, is the right way to go. Maybe Bill needs to soften up a little bit. Well, but he comes with a respect that the players automatically have to pay attention but to. But I also understand that, you know, if you're Andy Reid, 
and you got Patrick Mahomes. So your best player is your most committed player. So everybody has to live up to that. It's like the NBA. We often say, if you don't have a star that's buying into what you're selling, you, there's no way you're going to win if you're a coach. So if you have Jalen Brunson and Julius uh, Randle buying into what Tom Thibodeau's selling, then they're going to be successful, which they have been. <clears throat> Same thing in the NFL. You got to have the coach-quarterback relationship, and I keep saying this, has got to be the most like the tightest of all and the best relationship of all because the coach can go to that quarterback and say, hey, look, man, we got to pick things up in practice. We got to pick things up in the meeting room. I need you to be the leader. And I think that's what, if I'm, if I'm John, if John Harbaugh is absolutely true to himself and true to what's going on down there in Baltimore, the biggest change is Lamar's attitude. He has now taken over the locker room. Before, he was always popular, but, but not very vocal. Now he's more vocal on top of being popular on an, and on top of being an explosive player. So everybody is going to appreciate that. And when they come to work, they're all going to work hard because the quarterback's working hard. So to me, for, uh, for Bill Belichick, everything works. They just got to have the right quarterback if, in fact, it's Atlanta. And I don't know who that quarterback is, but I can't believe that they would turn it over to a rookie. You know what I mean? I got to believe that they got to be going out there looking at somebody. Well, that's why Cousins was linked to there, too. And Cousins was asked about playing for Bill Belichick and all that stuff. He's going to be available, most likely. I mean, it depends how the, the draft goes, but the, the free agent is going to be before that. So they can't. And I, I would be shocked if Kirk, Kirk Cousins isn't signed somewhere before the draft happens. So the other thing, too, is I'd like to see Bill Belichick's coaching staff of what it looks like and whether or not, say, Josh McDaniels goes with him. If Josh McDaniels goes with him, there'll be another quarterback that will be free that is very familiar with that system. Unfortunately, it didn't work out so well the last time Josh was with him, but he could be a short-term stopgap, and that would be Jimmy Garoppolo. Julian in the city. What's going on, Julian? What's going on, guys? Big fan of the show. Listen, I've been watching some of the playoffs. been some good games. I've been enjoying it, but it's so obvious what the outcome it's going to be. The two biggest headlines, the Chiefs and Taylor Swift and the Lions being the underdogs in the Super Bowl. And once the Chiefs smack the Lions and Pat Mahomes raises the trophy, Travis Kelsey is going to get down on one knee and propose to the Taylor Swift, making it the biggest event of all time. You want to hear what you guys think about that script for this year? I, I, you know, from your lips to God's... Uh... Lips. Lips. So what, what, <laughs> your mouth to God's yeah. lips. There you go. Thank you. From your uh, mouth to God's lips. Yeah. Your mouth to God's yeah. lips. Yeah, from your lips to God's ears. Uh, yeah, that would be unbelievable. And I would be there for that. You would be there for that. That would be... That would, I don't know if I could handle the emotion. Uh, if that happened like that, I would believe that the NFL was scripted. I would. If that happened in that way, then I would believe that it was all scripted. And, and the NFL paid Taylor Swift to date Travis Kelsey. And then they, they go to Disneyland. Yeah. It would be unbelievable. And to be in the Disneyland commercial. But, you know, you saw him give the heart to her when yeah. he scored a touchdown. Mm. I mean, I can't even imagine. I It would be, and like, I I feel like a part of it. Yeah, you, you feel part of a sham. Well, time out. A, a I've, been, in, I've, been, I've been involved in this since the beginning, since the get-go. Mm. Yeah, I. we would all be there because we're going to the game to witness it. If... if we saw live him drop the... Well, she's going to be in Japan, though. We already went over this. Oh. 
If they're going for the Super Bowl, that's getting changed. You're telling me she's going to cancel shows? She's got to be there if, if Travis is going to be see, there. That's, see, that's, that's loose ends right there. You can't be... You can't this be is, backing out of your responsibilities just because your boyfriend's love. in a Super Bowl. We're talking about love. No, we're talking about being a professional. No, we're talking about love. We're talking about this. You're telling I me mean, she's going to start. I'm holding my hand up like Travis held his hand up. Okay, great. And Go it's and, like, I love you, Taylor. But propose some other time, then. You can't be canceling those shows in Japan. He That's is terrible. not going to change. That would be the ultimate. That would be the ultimate. It would be the biggest engagement ever. Can you think of a bigger one than that? What, the Princess Diana one? No, there's going to be 150 million people watching this if, in fact, that potentially could happen. Well, she's, she's got to show. Way, if, if they do make it, if they do make it, I, I don't, I'm not going to pick them to win this week. I don't think. I'm not sure yet. But if they do make it, I will be leaking that story throughout the, the Super Bowl week. We will be leaking that story every day. What do you just mean? Just so you know that. We're just going to be talking about it every day. We mean leaking the story. So I want to see if we can get the ratings up to 200 million. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Telling you. So she's got to show the... And we have a post-game the- show. If we have a post-game show and he is doing it while we're on the post-game show, yeah. oh my God, I may be crying. Can you hear Eddie or no? I, what did Eddie say? I'm talking. He's know. trying to talk to well, me. Well, you had stopped talking, and he was like midway through a sentence, and you just slammed right on top. I don't of know. I, don't know if he, I have no idea if he's talking to me. Uh, on she there. has a concert on Saturday the 10th in Tokyo at 6 p.m. Yeah, so there's yeah. no shot. But then she, her next one is in Australia on the 16th, so she could theoretically. You could move it. She could move it a no, day. No, or she could get to Vegas from Tokyo in time for kickoff. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... What? Come on. How long is that flight? 12 hours? Tokyo to... Yeah, I mean, have you seen her airplane? Come on, man. It's a flying I, I have hotel. not seen her It's a airplane. flying Four Seasons. You've seen her airplane? Yeah, I've seen it. What do you mean? I haven't... I, of course you could see it. What do you mean, of course you can see it? I have seen photos of it. I know what type of plane it is. It's 12 hours and 45 minutes. And that and that is like a flying Four Seasons. But you got to factor in the time change here, Eddie. She can't make it. I'm still thinking that they can move that. They can move that. If that, she's that canceling. If she cancels shows, uh, no respect. Not cancel. Just postpone a show. No just respect. Move it. Move it a day or two. No respect. Hey, all of her Swifty fans will be they're elated when they get engaged. They're, they're 14 hours ahead. You said they were going to get engaged. I did. 14 hours ahead. So there's no way in hell. Well, if it's at 6 p.m. on Saturday, then that is 4 a.m. The concert would start 4 a.m. Saturday. So they figure two hours at least. Three. Say so give her three. Okay. So that is 7 a.m. Saturday. On Saturday. It's plenty of time. At, and then you get on the plane. She's no, gonna no, be no, there. no, no, no. 12 hours ahead. You're talking 7 a.m. Sunday. If the concert's Saturday night, we're talking. No, but uh, this is Tokyo. The, the concert is, that's uh, Tokyo time, <laughs> what I was giving you. They're ahead. I know, Vegas. but if it's Saturday night and they're ahead... Okay, I got it now. So then, all right. So then it would end seven a.m. All right. Oh, she's gonna be there if he makes it. If, if they if make it, she'll she be can there. easily be there. She'll be there. She's a young woman. She's healthy. She's flying around in the four seasons of airplanes. Let's go, I mean, Baltimore. Come on, let's go, Baltimore. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm let's going. go, Baltimore. Yes, yeah, so let's go, Baltimore. We want to set boom, the all-time boom, record. Boom, boom. And I'm telling you, Travis has got to get down on one knee. 
right after they win the Super right. Bowl. Wait, wait for the Disney cameras. Yeah, wait for all that stuff. And now one knee. Oh, my God. I don't know if I'll be able to control myself, Al. I'll be so emotional. Oh, yeah, you'll be crying, I'm sure. Phil's lady glass will be fogging up. <laughs> don't go. Get up, you wuss. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right, Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Bill Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. We opened up this morning talking about Rex Ryan's take about Sean McDermott possibly being fired by the Buffalo Bills, and maybe Bill Belichick slides in there into the AFC East and starts doing his thing up in Buffalo. And I understand the anger that fans have right after the season. I have done that many, many times where a team that I expected to go farther, I say something's got to change. You got to get rid of this guy. You got to get rid of that guy. I, I've been there. I understand the passion. Uh, however, it seems crazy to me to to take Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, and what they found with Joe Brady and just blow that up now because they lost to a dynasty. And that one I would keep the same. They obviously have to do some work both on defense and on offense, constructing that roster, and they really got to get some more weapons there for Josh Allen, especially at wide receiver, and hopefully guys can stay healthy there for them on both sides of the ball, which is probably the most important thing in the NFL these days is being the most healthy team at the end with a great quarterback. But these other places I don't think are the same, meaning I don't think it's crazy to say that that you could do better than Mike McCarthy. I don't think it's crazy to say that you could do better than Nick Sirianni. I do think it's crazy to say that Sean McDermott should be fired after this game against the Kansas City Chiefs. I kind of feel like Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have going on in Buffalo what John Harbaugh has going on down in Baltimore. I mean, you're not going to win the Super Bowl every year, but you're going to be uber competitive. You're going to be in every single game. Your fan base is going to be passionate about your team. And you're you have a solid kind of administration and, and a coaching staff. So, you know, that that was a tight game. It could have won either way. I mean, uh, Josh Allen had a chance to throw a go-ahead touchdown. He also led his team to a potential tying field goal. I mean, they, it's not like they got blown out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it was like there are teams like Tampa Bay, okay? They played in the worst division in football. They made it into the playoffs. They won their first game against a team, the Philadelphia Eagles, that quit. And then they almost, you know, they, they played well against the Lions and made it interesting. And everybody seems to be pretty happy about Tampa Bay and their ability to get to where they were, even though they were in the easiest division. Yeah. Now, just going through, because you mentioned John Harbaugh. So John Harbaugh took over the Ravens in 2008. First season, 11 and 5, 9 and 7, 12 and 4, 12 and 4, 10 and 6. And that 10 and 6 year, they won the Super Bowl. So, really, I mean, he had back to back 12 and 4 seasons prior to the Super Bowl championship. Yep. So, it was, there was probably nobody calling for his head at that point. I couldn't even imagine. Well, that was prior to uh, social media, too, and all the screaming and yelling going on on the different well, I don't cable know about channels. That. I mean, I think it was probably not as intense as now, but there were, definitely was social media back then. And really, only had one miserable year. His no, entire like Mike Tom, sounds like Mike Tomlin. 
Well, Mike Tomlin a little bit better because Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. Whereas okay. you have 2015 for the Ravens, five and eleven. Mm. He also had a losing season in 21 at eight and nine. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, double digit wins: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven double digit win seasons. And last year I had to deal with a quarterback who didn't play because he didn't get his contract and still went to the playoffs and almost beat the Bengals in the first round. He gets a, you know, his quarterback finally gets a new contract. And by the way, through all of that, John Harbaugh was supportive of uh, Lamar Jackson, never wavered, always wanted to be, you know, his coach. And, you know, and here they are now as the number one seed in the AFC. And Lamar had his best overall year. He is the unquestioned leader of the team now. And maybe they go on and win the Super Bowl. Who knows? But. I, I mean, that is that is the example of stability that I'm talking about. So Sean McDermott takes over in 2017, right off the bat has a 9-7 and seven season, then 6-10. and 10. Now listen to this. After that, starting in 2019, 10-6, 13-3, 11-6, 13-3, 11-6. Yeah, let's get rid of that guy. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. And this year they were 6-6, six and six, mm-hmm. had a ton of injuries, and ended up, and by the way, the NFL did not do them any favors with their schedule. Because after they had lost the, the Jets in week one, weeks two, three, and four, Josh Allen was the Josh Allen we saw the last six weeks. Then they went to London, lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then had to come back. And they beat the Giants, but barely. And th- that team was messed up after that. Because Matt Milano, they lost. They lost Trey Davis White. And it took them a while to finally figure out the defense. And then also on top of it, get more out of Josh Allen and the offense and get Josh Allen to stop throwing the interceptions. Which is what you saw creep back into his game after Brian Dayball left. Right, exactly. And now the last six or seven weeks, he's been clean. He hasn't been thrown those stupid interceptions. And And he's been thinking more about situational football, which is what you normally do when you're a quarterback and you grow in your offense. And again, I am not changing the offense for Josh Allen, I am not getting rid of any of that. He's been an explosive player every single year he's been there. And they have gone to the playoffs every single year he's been their starting quarterback. Yeah, he's got to get a number one wide receiver again yeah. because he Steph Diggs fell apart and he needs a new guy. And maybe Mike Evans? T. Higgins? T. Higgins, another one? One of those guys. I mean, I mean, I mean Mike Evans, you know, I don't, he's 31 years old. You know, I. He's I'd still like to, a, he's like, still a beast, man. I know, but I'd like to see him stay in Tampa. I don't I don't like I, I don't see him going from Tampa to Buffalo. No. Yeah, no. It's tough. I could see T. Higgins going from Cincinnati to Buffalo, but depending on what that contract looks like there, and is he truly a number one guy? I I think he can be if he's with the right team. Well, the, I mean, having Josh Allen would be the and, right team. And, and he's a great he's such a great teammate, man. T. Higgins is such a great teammate. Like he will, he take less money to stay there, mm. and that's what they're all talking about. You know, staying there and taking less money. I mean, Joe Mixon stayed there was a big part of their success this year and took less money to stay. Oh yeah, I mean, he want they thought they had another shot at a Super Bowl to and get they, back there, and they still think they have one. Well, they, as long as Joe Burrow is healthy, they'll have a chance. Yeah, I mean he. He was probably miserable during this postseason. Seeing Allen and Mahomes and the record against, you know, everybody saying Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, the, the 2.0. He's probably saying, damn it. You know, like, I I think he's like 5-1 and one against those guys. Hey, knowing him, 
knowing him, he will come back motivated as ever. Believe me. Yeah, I hope so. He's my favorite out of all those guys. Just from a standpoint of like like his personality, his play. The swag. I'm not saying he's the best out of all of them. He's just he's my personal favorite out of all of oh, them. Oh, that's good. I love him. I'll let him know that. No, you won't. Why won't I? I don't know. Because the next time you see him, you won't remember that. You know what I'll I'm say you don't want Joe, my my partner, man. He just loves you. I do. He's got to stay healthy. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. Beat the Chiefs next. Healthy, year. healthy, healthy. Dan Long Beach. What's going on, Dan? Hello. What up, Dan? What's happening, Dano? Uh, you know what? I'm right on with you about uh, about McDermott and the coaching. Uh, I got a point there. I want to touch on, but if I could just bring up Jason Kelsey at that game for a minute, I thought he was awesome. Uh, and I think when Travis threw up the heart. Uh, I think it was to his brother because, what, you couldn't see anything else in that booth. He was like a solar <laughs> eclipse up there. <laughs> yes. But, uh, but yeah, my, my point about the coaching, uh, you know, I'm a big Cowboy fan, and I heard everyone shouting about McCarthy when the Cowboys went down. And to be honest, I don't – when you have success that he had in Dallas for those three seasons and you see the progression that they've made, you know, look, it's most likely Dan Quinn is – is probably going to get a job. And then it's, do you really get rid of McCarthy too and blow up the whole thing? You know, I'm happy Jerry said no, we're keeping him because you got to keep the flow going, you know, and you talked about injuries. I mean, if they had digs, if they had Van Der Esch this season, defense would have been different. I agree with you a hundred percent in Buffalo. I think it would be crazy to get rid of them. But my question more is around what, what is the jerk reaction when these teams are so successful in the regular season and then because they don't win the whole thing, a fan wants to get rid of a coach when they have this great progression. So I thank you guys for taking the call. Yeah. It, it boggles me sometimes. Well, I, I'll tell you one thing. When you think about Dak Prescott in particular, with Mike McCarthy being there and Dak had coming off of his best year, like the last thing you want to do, and I'm telling you, is blow the whole thing up, bring in a whole new offensive system, and then have him relearn something. And then stunt his growth and make him take a step back. You want him to continue to grow. Now, with all this other family drama going on down there, that's a whole other story. And I can't believe that that's even going on. I mean, all the family members should just keep their mouths shut and let the players deal with it. And, you know, CeeDee Lamb is an all-pro wide receiver because Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy were calling plays and getting him the football. And it got to the point where he was forcing the football to CeeDee Land and ended up in a touchdown, interception touchdown return. You know, how about that? You know, how about that? Thinks, how about that? Nobody thinks about that. No. So I, all I know is that, you know, Dak played his ass off for the regular season. Josh played his ass off the last six games of the season, plus the first four out of five games, I think. And then uh, now all of a sudden fans want people fired. And and that's the, the the hyperbole, and that's the hot take that we that we have to all jump on. Uh, not not when not when these guys have this kind of success. Justin in Queens, what's up, Justin? What's going on, guys? Guys, I, I just have a question for you. What has Josh Allen done? I don't know. Are you a Lamar Jackson fan? I'm just what? asking. No, I'm just, no, 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 no. And the reason I'm asking, and the reason I'm asking you that is because somebody could call in and say, "What has Lamar Jackson done?" He's won an MVP. He's going to win two. Well, he's going to win two. Well, he'll win two MVPs. But as so, Gio said earlier, if he doesn't win this game against Kansas City, but, forget so, it. It doesn't going to be looked at as a loser. Yeah. But but can I can I can I just make a point? Yeah. Josh Allen hasn't beaten a big boy, and we know who who the big boys are. 
Last year was all the hype with Josh Allen, right? He got Burrow to come into his house. He scored 10 points. The week before that, he had three turnovers against Skylar Thompson. This year, he comes in, he beats the, the, the Steelers. Okay, great. He played good on Sunday, but he didn't make the plays to win. My point is this, right? Now, I'm not, I'm a Jet fan, so you, I know bad quarterback play, right? Obviously, he's a bad <laughs> quarterback, right? Yeah. Obviously, he's a good quarterback. My point is this, Boomer, and you, and you know this as a quarterback, right? My, my point you is, so. or, or my, 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 my anger or whatever, my, I, I just don't get it, is that people talk about Dak like he's the worst thing in the world. Him and Josh are the same guy. They, before this year, Josh would, Josh and Dak would throw the killer pick. They both would win the division, get to the playoffs, and then lose inexplicably. I'm looking up as I'm waiting on, waiting to, to, to talk to you guys. I'm looking up their stats. Josh has played 20, I mean, I'm sorry, Dak has played 20 more games, but Josh has five more picks. Like, I don't, listen, I know people like you were listening to shows and watch shows where people kill Dak. This is not one of those places. We actually, from from Jerry to Boomer and I, give him a ton of credit. We love the guy, and we've said a million times he has to stay no matter what. But I do understand there are other people out there nationally that crush Dak and then put Josh Allen up on a pedestal. I understand that. And that's my point. And so my point is this. When when you crush Dak or whatever, can even take Dak out of it. Just tell me because no one – and people want to kill me. Oh, how can you say that about Josh Allen? I, I, I keep asking the same question, and no one can answer me. Uh, what I, has Josh Allen done? All right, so, you know, how many, how many uh, touchdowns has Josh Allen been responsible for over the last four years? Do you have any idea? Uh, I don't have that. I know he had 50 this year, right? Combined, he had 50. He, well, he's, he, no, well he's, he's got over 160 touchdowns that he's responsible for. I mean, okay, the guy, the guy, the guy is a gamer, man. The guy plays okay. his ass off. The guy doesn't doesn't back down from contact. If he has to run, he runs. And by the way, I, uh, the last I saw, a, a beautiful pass from him launched mm-hmm. fifty yards into the hands of Steph Diggs, and he dropped it. Boomer, Boomer, and you and you and my guy, man. Like I said, I was a Jeff fan. Boomer, right? You didn't you didn't win the the chip, right? But you made it to the Super Bowl, and you won an MVP. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Josh has done none of that. He's done none of it. So what are we talking about? He can't even make it to a second championship game. He made it to one championship game and got smoked like a brisket. What has this guy done? <laughs> well, uh, uh, listen, I I am with you, Justin, in the fact that he's not Joe Burrow. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Oh. And if Lamar Jackson wins this game, he's not Lamar Jackson either. Now, he's as talented as, as anybody. And he's great to watch, throws the ball a mile. He's trucking people, all of that. But you're right. But that's not just him. You know I mean, who, that's, you know, that's you know, the Bills as a whole. You know who I would put in that category that, that he just last was talking about? Justin Herbert. Well, he's done more than Justin Herbert has. Yeah, no, no but I'm putting that's who I'm putting in yeah, that category. Because yeah. Justin, unfortunately, now is going to be on his third coach. Yeah, yeah. And it's not going to be it's easy for him to figure this whole thing out. And, you know, he's got to be the next one. I would also say Trevor Lawrence is one of those guys. Like. A lot of hype around these guys. Yeah. You know, Dak Prescott was a fourth-round draft choice out of Mississippi State. And he's turned into the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, and he's put up numbers that no other quarterback in the history of the Dallas Cowboys have ever put up. But Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman have championships. He doesn't have that. And because it's the Dallas Cowboys, everybody's got to be talking about it because it's Jerry Jones and it's America's team. But he is a great, you know, Dak Prescott is a great quarterback. He's a great player. Yeah, and if you're going to do like this whole ranking thing that everybody does, I mean, to me, it's the guys who made it to the Super Bowl and won. Obviously, Mahomes is there. 
Burrow did not win, but he made it there. And then these other guys who have to what prove about Matthew they, Stafford? they have to get there. Yeah, I mean, Stafford. Yeah, but what about Matthew Stafford before he got to L.A.? He was, well, obviously, he didn't do a damn thing because he was playing for the Lions and they couldn't get anywhere. And why And why would, why would, um, uh, what's his name, the coach out there? Come on. Dan Campbell? Dan, no, no, no. Sean McVay? Sean McVay. Why would Sean McVay want Matthew Stafford as opposed to Jared Goff? Because he's a better quarterback. He can throw the ball. He's smarter, right, more so, experienced. So the point being is, like, like, anybody in this league, maybe with about three teams, different three different teams, would want Josh Allen as their quarterback. Oh, God. I mean, of course. But this, that's a different argument. He, I think what the last caller was talking about was, if you're going to put Josh Allen's name in the... Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson conversation. You got to get more out of him. I, I I think Josh Allen. He creates so much. He creates passing touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. He throws for over four thousand yards. He runs for over five hundred yards. He he creates a lot of crap. They ask him to do a lot. There's a lot on his shoulders. Like we even sit there Sunday. And I'm like, you know, coach. If the Bills are going to win this, Josh Allen's going to do a lot of heavy lifting. And he had to do a, a lot of heavy lifting. And quite frankly, he hits Steph Diggs right in the hands. He hits Sherfield right in the hands. They both drop it. Valdez Scantling comes out of the uh, out of halftime. Patrick Mahomes hits him in the hands, and he holds on to it. Yeah, I mean, there was And that, he was covered all over the place. There was that short-arm throw. <clears throat> In the end zone, there oh, was but that. By the way, there was the, by the name of Chris Jones. Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't, I mean, he was influenced by it. But okay, I mean, it's not like he hit him. No, I mean, no, I'm I'm not going to hit you. I'm not going to hurt anybody at all. Al, oh god, can you come in here for a second? I need Al to be the wide receiver and you to be the quarterback. Okay. Stay oh my there. god, I don't want to do this demonstration, man. You're going to make right, me do a demonstration. I'm not Josh Allen. Stand up. It's already stupid. Stand it's up. stupid to begin. All right. So I'm. I'm not going to talk. Oh, I'm sorry. What are you it's doing? What happened? You knocked. Are you me. okay? Are you okay? I'm not going to hurt anybody, and you, you knocked okay? me right over. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You sure. I'm. Get away sure, from me. Sure, you're okay. I'm fine. What sure. the hell did you do that for? What? Because I want you to feel. He like wasn't that. even hit on the play. Yes, he was. He was not. Yes, he was. You knocked me right out of the thing. You threw the ball before I was able to demonstrate what he was dealing with. Well, exactly right. So, so what did I do? I adjusted because I knew the guy was there. And he didn't. Short armed it. You see how? You see how angry you, you know got? what, Caller? You're right. Josh Allen sucks. You see how angry you got when you got pushed down? No, no, I'm fine. Now you're I'm acting just... like Patrick Mahomes. Where's no, the flag? I'm Where's fine. the flag? I'm fine. I got I'm pushed a... down. Where's the flag? I'm not a... By the way, I, I didn't sign up to play professional football like these guys. I don't make but it $200 like million. Dollars. The way you talk. I'm just, what am I supposed to do? Sit here and go, oh, I don't know what would happen out there. <laughs> you tell me, <laughs> almighty one. I just, I short on the throw. You agree with me yesterday. But today, all of a sudden. The guy was influenced. Okay. Well, you're telling that me that happens. Not every podcast. Telling me that Patrick Mahomes wasn't influenced during that game. He moved around. He made throws. And, and Josh Allen didn't move around in that game. Look at this. Didn't run. <laughs> <laughs> you're such a jerk. You go. I'm not going to hurt anybody. You, you hurt blindsided you. me. Are you hurt? I mean, I didn't think I was going to get hit. Yeah. You know? 
you threw the ball before I was able to make the demonstration. You know, but that's so exactly just, my point. And then what I was trying to do. Exactly right, my point. <laughs> Where's H.O.? And then what I was trying to do was to show you what happens after the ball leaves the guy's hands <laughs> and how you and how we get wiped out. And nobody sees that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fine. You agree to disagree. Well, let's see. Let's see. Look, I got rid of that ball. Yeah, Bang. Yeah. Touchdown. But you know what? I threw a touchdown pass. Josh Allen did not. So I got up. That's because me and Al were high five. That's because you quick throwed. Okay. Josh but that's Allen. my point. But You're Josh, making my point yeah, for me. But Josh Allen had to throw the ball 35 yards down the field. You that's what he gets paid you for. You threw it eight yards. Right that's here. what he gets paid to do. Move around the guy. You know Chris Jones Ooh, is coming oh, here. He's got to make this Move play. around. Just step oh away. God. Bang, make the throw. Yeah, like that's, he's so, that's what you like, know yeah, what? Like, like he's playing in a phone booth. That's what Patrick Mahomes does it. And look at you. Look how angry you just got. I didn't get angry. You got angry. I was surprised. I did not get angry. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. I threw the touchdown pass. I'm good. I'm good. I can do what Josh Allen cannot, which is adjust. Yeah, okay. Adjust. Yeah, Josh Allen can't do anything. He can adjust. No, I've been having his back, but I mean, I on that one, you can't tell me he wasn't responsible for that. I'm sorry. I'm just telling you he was influenced. Crap throw. It was influenced. Crap ass throw. Influenced. Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Bam! I'm watching the Josh Allen play right now. And right as he's throwing the ball, he gets hit by his left tackle and Chris Jones at the same time. So that's about 600 pounds of human beings running into him as he's trying to throw the ball 35 yards down the field. And the ball ends up short. You agree? I think he could have. Could have what? Could have gotten rid of the ball a little earlier. Could have moved to his right. It's not the only. There's not the only. If he moves to his right, then Chris Jones disengages and comes off and makes a. We don't know that. We don't know that for a fact. It's a listen. I just got. I just got. I just got pushed into a desk over this. Did you really leave? Oh yeah. I heard a lot of commotion. Yeah, yeah. Here's uh, CBS Sports Network. Could you show the uh, workplace violence, please? Workplace violence. Just uh, I was trying to show Gio workplace violence, and he he got rid of the ball like Dan Marino, like real quick. Which is my point. Which is my point here. Bang! Look at that. Oh, (laughs) jeez. That's what happens after the quarterbacks, you know, throw the ball. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Who'd you throw to? He's Al. to Al. Oh, and he okay. caught it, by the way. <laughs> Touchdown. <laughs> Touchdown. <laughs> Al hates when I do these uh, examples. and, and well, uh, I know. Especially when I call him in off his seat in there. Well, I said to Eddie when I ran in there, I didn't know whether I was going to be the guy getting hit or not. I was so relieved to see I was just going to be out in the flat <laughs> looking for a pass. <laughs> hey, and we converted you, it. You do have a history of hurting people. Not like you mean to, but you just... Look, you guys are so soft, <laughs> and the longer we work together, the softer you become. Oh, Especially funny. with this guy to my left. What? What did I do? <laughs> I hit threw a hit, touchdown pass. You hit the dump button, by the way, and you were when you were flailing <laughs> after he hit. Me. Oh, really? Yeah. I think the monitor. When you grabbed the monitor, I think it went down and hit oh. it. So nobody even heard it. Well, they heard most of it. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Hopefully, they were watching it. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
Uh, all right, Jerry, what's going on? Man? We are brought to you by Jackpocket. Order official state lottery games on your phone just because you're talking about Josh Allen. I'll give you the one talking about just where they are uh, as an organization because things for them have not gone, all, I guess you would say, all that well. Um, Sunday. Where the hell did the clip go? All right, who screwed around with this? Eddie, did you come in here and do something? All the clips are rearranged. I feel like Billy Jock alone right now. <laughs> what the hell happened? Everything's different. Well, I guess we're not going to do that. All right, let's get to the basketball. I'll come back and find that in a second. We'll go back to Josh Maybe Allen. Maybe when Geo hit the desk. <laughs> it scrambled Maybe. everything up. Every, yeah, everything's wow. all out of whack, actually. That was the screen I left up. All right, well, so we'll do the basketball <laughs> first, and I'll come back to the football. Uh, Joel Embiid had, uh, as we know by now, 70 points on 24-41 shooting last night, and the Sixers win over the Spurs. Uh, here was Embiid. Uh, yeah, had a great day, but obviously there were a lot of contributors to this. Howdy, goal. Uh, you know, I mentioned a few times a lot of, uh, you know, teammates are extremely unselfish and, you know, they just kept giving me the ball and uh, I just finished it. What would you say more impressive, Embiid 24 of 41 and 21 of 23 from the line, 70 points, or Chamberlain's 100 points, 1962, the game was different. No three-pointers. No three-pointers. Well, and to Embiid's credit, he only hit one last night. Okay. Uh, so there's no video of the Wilt Chamberlain. So yeah, but there so were reporters. So, so he had 77. I mean, yeah, 67. Either yes, by free, free throw, throw or, or field, goal, field yes. goal. Yes. You Pretty know what I think? I think that Wilt Chamberlain game is like these UFO sightings. But but people, were people, there. People, there. people were there. People were there. They saw there. it, but there's no video. You know what I think of Wilt Chamberlain? I think Wilt Chamberlain is like the Jim Brown of the NBA. Like nobody could stay with him. Like Jim Brown was so far advanced from all the guys that he was playing against. Like Jim Brown and Will Chamberlain both could play in today's game and be just as effective wow. as they were Hold when on. they were playing. Wilt averaged uh, 40 points and 30 rebounds a game. That's not happening today. Uh, There's no way it's happening today. I mean, he's the, I would say like, like him, Jim Brown, Oscar Robertson. I'm like, I think of certain guys that we all say were great players in their day. And I know it's sometimes it's hard to... Compare those players of yesteryear to today's players because the game has changed. Yes, I understand that. But there are certain physical aspects of players that can stand the test of time. And those are just three of the players I, that I, I think of. Agree, just not at those levels, I wouldn't think. But who do you think like like do you think Johnny Bench would still be a great catcher in today's game of baseball? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we're talking about forty points and thirty rebounds a game. No one's doing that. No one's done it since. No one's doing that now. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe those guys were a little bit more motivated to do it, or maybe they look like me. Maybe like they weren't making a hundred million dollars and they could take a day off. <laughs> what if you gave? You know what I'm saying like these guys, they, those guys didn't take days off. I know they didn't. What if you gave old Tom Morris the new Callaway AI smoke driver? How would that work? <laughs> New set of shricks on irons. <laughs> would he dominate? How about give it give it all to uh, Jack Nicholas? He would well, dominate. Yeah, of course. For that, <laughs> all right. So he had seventy. <laughs> While he did that, you had Carl Anthony Towns doing this. Weak side rebound to Kyle Anderson. <laughs> Towns rumbles down the lane to the cup. He got an easy bucket there. It's been a struggle here in the fourth. Maybe, but he had 62 points on the night. So that's T-Wolves radio. Not all that excited. You would think they'd be a little more. But now Marco put this in his, in the system as Eric Collins from the Hornets broadcast after Towns got to however many points it is. This was his reaction. 38. No! 
<laughs> wow. It's <laughs> an NBA, I guess, telecast, I guess. That was on the TV? That's, I don't know. He put wow. in Hornets broadcast. I don't know if it's radio, if it's TV. There wasn't much description there other than him just screaming. That is <laughs> so incredible. Sure. And by anyway. the way, I know this is off topic, but with yeah. Marco, I haven't been, I haven't stopped thinking about Marco since I was driving in on Friday and I heard you weren't here. The stuff that he said to Chris McMonagle about his life, like, I can't get over Like what? He hasn't been out to dinner with friends in over 25 years. He doesn't drink. He doesn't like steak. He he didn't know that any desserts could have lemon in them, which was something I couldn't believe. Like this, it was worse than the day that that Peter Schwartz didn't know what veal was. <laughs> like this... He, he was like, I never heard of a lemon dessert. Does that huh. really shock you with some of the brickheads that work around here? <laughs> he's I mean, not a brickhead, he's though. Not. He's a good dude. He's a I'm good guy. He's not a good dude. Guy. Not good, but he, he's just not. I think he's a guy who works basically sun up to sundown to at work overnight at now to basically pay the rent and do what he has to do. I yeah. understand that, but there's a lot of guys like that who can still carve out some time to... You know, well, it's not your problem; it's his wife's problem. I yeah, I suppose I don't know how many how many children. I think two, two ages, young, uh, young. I don't know the ages, but young. I I, I felt bad too because I felt like we should get them out there. Take them I out. think yeah, I think the Fleegs and C Mac are going to do that. They get them out and have dinner, but it's almost. I feel like it's like a charity case. Like we got <laughs> to fix this guy. That's, Couldn't believe it. There's a lot of fixing that needs to go on around here. <laughs> Yeah, Man. I, his problem too is Monday through Friday his shift. He's on the road coming into work at five thirty in the evening, and he gets mm -hmm. done at four o'clock in the morning. So those Oof. nights are gone. Yeah, he basically has Saturday night to go out. I mean, you got Sunday, but who wants to go out Sunday night? Yeah, wow. I mean, he's got twelve hour shift. I, no, I said he gets in the car to come in. Okay, his shift is eight to four. Oof. Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> I know. Go fund me page for <laughs> Marco. That is brutal. Go fund me page. Why doesn't he eat steak? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't like it. Oh, why doesn't Spike eat steak? Yeah, because he's vegan. But I, that, yeah, I don't think Marco's a vegan. Yeah, I, I but I didn't eat or, steak for a very. I think long he just time. doesn't like it. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I you know I heard C Max say does like doesn't like steak and doesn't I don't I don't there's so much stuff that he said there I couldn't even understand hmm. and the craziest one was like he he didn't know that. That lemon was an ingredient that you could use in oh, any that's sort why of they dessert. Were talking about lemon meringue pie this morning yeah. for he's like what? He's like people use lemons to make desserts. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I think some of the life experiences here are just yeah, are non-existent. Like I, I, we really we need to get like Marco and Peter in the same room and just quiz them on like just life. things that everybody. We th I thought everybody knew. And ironically know, enough, Schwartz, before this Schwartz conversation, up. I would have thought Marco would have been insulted by that. But based on what you're telling me, yeah. it might be a good competition. <laughs> Seriously? Uh, yeah. Anyway, all right, sorry. That's all right. I really miss it much. Uh, <laughs> Nets Knicks come up later tonight. Uh, we're going to skip on the football. The Devils uh, beat the Golden Knights in overtime 6-5. More on them in a moment. Islanders and Golden Knights tonight. Rangers skate in San Jose. Now elsewhere in the NHL, just quickly, the Penguins were in Arizona. The problem for the Pens were them scoring on themselves. They'll bring it along and a delayed penalty. Uh, this is big for the Penguins. They're just trying to kill as much time off. It went in! 
win! Oh my goodness! So one of those situations that was on TV 61 in Arizona, one of those situations where you pull the goalie, delayed penalty, yes. and they made the mistake of putting the puck in their own net. Wow. That was part of a 5-2 to two loss. You don't see that very team. often. Not usually, no. Well, who was the guy that put the puck I, in the net? I, I might have been Malkin, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure, but yeah. So that did happen last night. The Pirates sign Araldis Chapman and Hofstra beat Stony Brook last night by six. As we get to moment of the day, brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila brought to you by those who drink it. <laughs> and so I mentioned a little bit more coming up on the Devils. Well, that's all in this because earlier we played an alternate version of Tyler Bass's missed field goal from Sunday. This is also all over the place. The Korean broadcast of Wide Right. <laughs> he even has the trail off like yeah. Matt does. That's the universal <laughs> language, funny. I guess. Is, <laughs> We're all doing it. Moment of the day. All right, thank you, Jerry. It is Boomer and Geo coming to you live for the Bill Ford Tough Studio. I think it's a little weird, you know. We have this uh, chalk talk with Coach Cower at Tellers this weekend, uh, yeah. this week. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah, do two you days. Think, do you think it's a little weird that like, Coach Cower is going to be like in our hometown or something? That's yeah, I mean, weird. he's going to be basically 15 minutes away from my home. What do you want? Want to? Should we go to your house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be great. Stop at a Portly Villager for a drink. Oh my God, that would be amazing. If Coach Cower and you waltz into the Portly Villager, that, that would be great. I'd, I'd love to host I mean, you. But you know, I, you know how that goes. We go walking in there, and you know, just we're not going to be able to get out. No, but listen. To be fair, and you're right. Normally, that is the case. But to be fair, the couple times that you have been in there, not bothered all that much. No, because people they are respect. Used to me. I've been there before. They, yeah. you know, I'm a, I'm a South Shore guy. But this is Coach Cower. This is Coach Cower, like the freaking Messiah coming to Long Island. That is true. But and and I would love to host you. Just got to understand. You know, when you walk into my house, it's generally this time of year, a Petri dish for every virus humanly possible. Okay. So that's one thing. I mean, I, I would think your mother-in-law would get pretty excited to see Coach Cower. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course she would. How, how would up she in Pittsburgh seeing Coach Cower? She would love it, too. I know she's to... a little under the weather right now, so I hope she's feeling better. Yes. Um, you think she'd be feeling better by Thursday? I mean, if Coach Cower was coming, she'd probably hop right out of bed. <laughs> you know? That's what I think. I so, mean, they are Steeler fans, man. No, I wouldn't. To have him in our have home. Have you even thought about that? 
what, having Coach Cower over my house? Yeah. No, I have not, because I didn't think that he would want any part of that. I figured you'd drive right to the restaurant, do the thing, and go back to the city. You know, that's what I figured. Yeah, Coach Cower's a, like, he's humble, and he's about as down. You've met him. Yeah, I know. He's about as down to earth as they come. But I, did, I don't want to put any pressure on him to have to do certain things. I'd rather have him at the Portly than my house. And Elvis would be all sniffing his crotch and stuff. You know what I mean? It just it becomes awkward. Portly is kind of like your second home. Yeah, I would say so. It is a lot of you got a lot of friends there. They got a ton of friends there. Yeah, yeah. it's one of those places you could show up by yourself at any moment, and you know somebody's going to be there. You when know, you walk in there. Does, do they yell Geo? No, no, no. It's no. not like Norm. No, it's not like that. Okay. Cheers. No, um, but yeah, that would if you let me know, I'll get the house all spiffy dude for you guys. Okay. Make sure you know. The girls would be I very think, excited. You know, we might be a little bit early, depending on what's going on with the weather and all that other stuff. And if we are, you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll shout a Casamigos to the Portland. It's not a bad idea. Absolutely. And they got it there. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, either way, having you guys over or <laughs> you guys at the Portly. I've seen you at the Portly. Coach Cower walking in there. Like, oh, hey, shot a Casamigos. You got a reposado back there? Huh? <laughs> And you know, it was I think, uh, yeah, you know, you know the bartender on Thursday night. Yes, so, yes. So that that would be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he would love that. Let me tell you something, because there'd be more customers coming in and big tips and and everything else. Uh, all right, well, this is no waste, Coach Cowers time. You better know a lot about the four teams and the championship oh, games on, here now. You, come on, hey, well, it's all we do all day. It's all we've been talking yeah, about. It's all we have been talking about. You know, I know. I'm all in. I'm not going to be wasting his time. I know. He just he doesn't like, he, you know, he's like Coach uh, Belichick. You know, you you start talking about things that don't make any sense or anything. He's just going to shut you off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going I'm going straight X's and O's chalk talk guy oh, for this. Oh, I get it. Okay. Chalky McChalk face. Yeah, chalk face. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Because this is what I think the people want when Coach Cowers here. You know, when we're doing like the Boomer and Geo live shows, you know, it's a lot of hijinks and all of that. Yeah. With this, this is straight up X's and O's, hardcore, meat and potatoes, literally yeah. football talk. Meat and potatoes and tequila. Yeah. Thanks again, Chalky McChalkface. <laughs> uh, Rich in Deer Park. What's going on, Rich? Hey, Rich. Hello. Hey, man, what's up? Hello? Yes, Rich, you're on the air. Yeah, I'm a pharmacist and I work at Ice Pharmacy regarding your eye exam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just come in there and we can do the eye exam. It takes two minutes and right down the street from Tellers. It's right down the street from Tellers. Yeah. You do two minutes and then, and then you take care of the DMV. You send the paperwork in for me too? No paperwork. Just send it electronically. You pass it. No problem. It's just got to present your your license. And you're all set. How do we do this right now on the air? A, B, J, Q, six, nine, four. All right. Sounds well, good, right? <laughs> well, you have to give me your license number. You don't want to do that on No, on I don't want to do that on the air. Yes, it probably yeah, yeah, would be a bad place to stop in right before Tellers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. could do that. His eyes might be a little glossy, though. No, no, I'll be fine. Before the event, I'll be fine. After the event, probably not so much. All right. Uh, very good, Rich. I appreciate that, man.
Yep. There he goes. All right. Well, yeah. they have pharmacists doing everything now. They're doing eye exams. They'll give you injections. Like, oh yeah, it's so strange. It's a lot. Yeah, a lot. Of, you get a lot done in that pharmacy. And he's obviously not that busy because he was on hold for ninety minutes. <laughs> well, he's probably uh, fulfilling some prescriptions and just waited up for us to pick him up. Hey, by the way, yeah, watching this all twenty-two on NFL Plus. You, you know uh, Isaiah Pacheco, the running back for Kansas City, who is from Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Just, just. Watch this run right here. If you want to watch this run, you want to see what it means to be a running back in the NFL? Yeah. And the collisions between him and the defense of the Ravens is going to be insane. So this is an inside handoff. Yeah. Crunch time. It is crunch time. Crunch time for sure. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 